had this Zappuccino, please, please, I implore you, support Aaron, Adil, and Yoshi on a special episode of Yoshi Did It. Oh, fuck yeah. Thanks for listening to the new episode of Yoshiden. I'm in Stockholm at Adil's place. And this is a great episode because I'm finally interviewing Adil um, by himself. And this is a very exciting night because um, the Swedish national team are going against uh, the juggernaut, the Portugal, Portugal's uh, football team. And uh, this is a pre-interview before the game starts, and I'm going to do another one right after the game. So I'm um, looking forward to learning more about football. And I, I have to say, two things uh, influenced me a lot last couple of years in football. One, when I went to Afghanistan last year and saw that uh, Afghan Premier League, and it was really exciting. I, I, uh, that was my second time seeing a football game, and uh, that was a terrific experience for me, and I'd like to talk to more of that later on with Dio. And last 10 days living with Dio, He's uh, kind enough to explain to me football because as American, only football I know is National Football League and college football in the United States. And I, I have to admit, he, uh, he started piquing my interest in football, especially the, uh, the captain for the Swedish national team. And we'll talk a little bit more of it. But uh, to continue, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my good friend Eddie Ift with his Talking Shit podcast. I'd like to thank Eddie for his uh, years of uh, support. And I'd like to thank all the friends who listen to the show, and guys like Ernie and um, Farside and all the other um, motley crew of guys working on Talking Shit Podcast. So if you like this show, please listen to Eddie F's Talking Shit Podcast. And also, this show is sponsored by uh, La Cucaracha, <laughs> which is Adios Restaurant, and it's number two, Bunda Garden. How do you say it? I can't. I'm not. I'm never gonna say that, right? <laughs> Adio. It's uh, it doesn't. Uh, uh, in Swedish, it's pronounced Bundegatan. Bundegatan number two, and uh, food is terrific. <laughs> and uh, please check it out in La Cucaracha in Stockholm. I would want anybody who, for the reason that you're listening to the Yoshi said, come to a restaurant. If you ever come to a restaurant, I would like you to point that out to the waiter or waitress or bartender whoever is serving you that night and you're gonna to, punch them in the face no to tell them that <laughs> you're there because of this podcast and urge that person to call me i live across the street from our restaurant where we're sitting right now and recording this mm -hmm. and i'll come over just to be amazed of the fact that anybody would i mean i'm just saying who the hell is going to listen to this in the states and be be there's accidentally be mm -hmm. in this area of town. Remember this name from sure. that one time to listen to it. I'll be amazed. It'll be funny. Well, not, with, be really not funny. with that attitude uh, deal. No, it'll be funny. <laughs> and you know what? I'll buy that person a drink if they come by. Okay. Yeah. So just uh, if, if you if you go to La Cucaracha, mention Adil and Yoshi's name. And if Adil's there, he will buy you a drink. For sure. So pr proving we were wrong. But... There's actually Swedish listeners, believe it or not. Well, Swedish listeners doesn't count. Oh, oh no, no way. <laughs> now you, 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 you son of a bitch. Now you sound like a Jew. Now. Uh, well, no, I kid my Israeli Jew, friends, I'm by a, the way. I'm a Muslim. I don't, I don't know what the hell. 
So um, I I, uh, I I highly recommend to come over because um, um, Swedish people are very very sweet groups of people, but at times seem a little shy. La Cacaracha, everyone there is very inviting. It's a warm place downstairs. Um, I guess you have a music and dancing and Friday and Saturday shows. Yeah, we okay. have we have salsa as well. But otherwise, it's, it's it's mostly people come there to eat, but it's quite big. So downstairs we room like a hundred people. We have like bigger groups coming eat uh, a lot of Spanish cuisine. So we have tapas and uh, a lot and you of have another restaurant across from your restaurant, like a, like a yeah. miniature bar in Sweden. Yeah. It's called Tvashaver, and that actually translates to across, meaning across the street. Yeah. Because we have something in Swedish called uh, back pocket, we call it in Swedish, mm-hmm. and and that means like it it's it's their restaurant as well. Whoever has the original restaurant, but it's like a twist on it. It's smaller, and the same thing that we have tapas, but with a bit of a Swedish and Latin twist on them. Well, if you, if you're a non-Swedish and if you're non-Swedish person visiting, mention my name, Adio. Just prove a point, but yeah, that'll uh, be funny. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, maybe we'll cover more about your family background, your your business, and your stand-up comedy career. But tonight's very exciting. It's it's a football night, and uh, literally you're like four or five hours away from actually going to see the game in stadium. Yeah. So, um, uh, as a Swedish person, I mean, how big of this, how big of events is this? Oh uh, well, it depends if you how big of a football fan you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, for you, for you, let's, uh, for me, I'm, I mean, the thing is that uh, I'm I only follow one sport, and that's football. I, I really don't actually I don't give a damn about any sport at all. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any other sport. I, you know, sometimes you accidentally read in the paper and stuff like that, but but it's not like Olympics is on. I don't give it a I don't give a damn about it. So I I just follow football, and I personally I like club football more more because that's all around the year. The World Cup. Is wait, wait, wait. Hold, explain to, uh, uh, because yeah, uh, because okay. a lot of listeners, Americans, they okay. don't know what uh, that is. What we're going at tonight is the national team. So it's Sweden playing Portugal, and they're getting ready for 2014 World Cup in Brazil. In Brazil, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, in in soccer or for football, as you call soccer, uh, it's a big thing. Both club football, as you will call like any other NHL team or NFL team, that's club. That's mm. your club league. Uh, and like national league for the, uh, but in in football it's also a very big part of it is a national, uh, World Cup, European Cup, uh, South American Cup. Because you have so many countries between in those, yeah, mm-hmm. between those nations uh, when they play. And a lot of people, like in Sweden, for instance, a lot of people don't follow football, but when the national team is playing World Cup or European Cup, everybody's watching. Is is it because mostly Swedes are into winter sports? No, it's just that it's, if if you're not really a a sports geek, you mm-hmm. wouldn't watch like. I mean, you have to really follow a sport to watch like the 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 regular games. So if, if, you're, if you're Swedish and you follow uh, football, it, most likely you follow like English Premier or other big or, or Swedish teams. But but I'm just saying that a regular person in Sweden might never watch football. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a national team and this World Cup, European Cup going on, everybody sure. will watch it. Like whenever we're in the World Cup, European Cup, uh, and it's the summer and the game. I mean, those months are magical. I mean, those two, three months in the country, everybody gets excited. Sure. They, they don't know much about football, but they know enough uh, to learn the, the, the players in the team so, so it gets more excited. And some people don't know that much, but it's just fun to watch because everybody's kind of grown up with it. And this is a big game, isn't it? Because if they don't win tonight, I mean, not only do they have to win, but they have to win big so they could advance to World yeah, Cup. Yeah, they have to win, win big, but they have to win. But the thing is that tonight the game is big for everybody who really follows football. It's really big for mm-hmm. us. Uh, 
but uh, it'll be this game will be very big if we actually win because then we get into the World Cup and that will be big. Right. We usually do qualify actually, so uh, this will be the first time in a long time we haven't qualified for a major tournament. Uh, considering we're a small country as we are, it's quite a big feat that we always qualify for the big tournaments and actually usually go from the group stages towards the knockout phases of the tournaments as well. So, so yeah, it, it, it would be, uh, for a change, it would actually be strange not being in the competition, but we always overperform, I, I feel. So, so Wait, so But let me ask you, historically, Portugal, how, how strong or weak are they, historically speaking? Uh, historically speaking, they're actually not, historically speaking, they haven't won that many times. They always have a strong team, though. Always been traditionally strong with, with a good league, good players. And uh, I would say the last... 15 years, 10, 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, 10, 15 years. They had a golden generation, you call it in football. Sometimes like a nation all of a sudden produces like 10, 12 really good players in the same age, like 18, 19. Sure. And they go on to play for 10 years and then you call it like a golden generation. And Portugal had one of those. Uh, 2004, I was in Portugal watching European uh, Championship. They came to the final in the home ground and shockingly lost against Greece. Uh, in home. Portugal there? Yeah, yeah, at home. And Greece has never won. They had, they had the weakest uh, uh, team in the, on the paper, Greece. Everybody was counting them as the weakest team in the tournament. And they went and won with a really uh, old, classic, uh, conservative football of man-marking. They just won the tournament. It was just Let me crazy. ask you. Yeah, uh, it's if crazy. The, if Portugal... The biggest uh, surprise ever, I think. Portugal and Greece, if they played... If that two same team back then played 10 games in a row... Chances are Portugal probably went nine out of ten times. Yeah, uh, but so actually, uh, the, the strange part is that Portugal actually lost to Greece also in the group stages that tournament, which was shocking. Uh, so it was just I don't know, maybe the pressure of them winning. It was home field. They they beat Spain in the group stages. I remember that night when they beat. Everybody in the whole country was out in the street until seven o'clock in the morning. May I grandmothers, grandfathers, mm-hmm. children. It was crazy. May I ask something? Greece had nothing to lose. Nothing, nothing to, to lose, lose that tournament. So, so no, nothing. Nobody expected them, so the pressure wasn't nobody on them. Nobody expected nothing. They had players on the team that, that that hadn't been playing. But, you know, they changed a couple of rules after that tournament that they thought that the leagues were too long and the rest before the end of the uh, the domestic leagues, like the Champions League mm-hmm. or Premier League or whatever league you're playing at, that was too short for the major tournaments. The play came tired. So we saw that in 2004, 2006, so you 2008. Think, you, you, so what they did do is that every year there's a World Cup or so, the leagues end like two weeks earlier and they push the other tournament two weeks to get like more. Because a lot of players who weren't playing regularly in their team perform really well in those tournaments uh, and people are starting to think like maybe because the other players were fatigued. I see. I mean, they played too much. It was too little uh, time because they were playing. E- the top, the star players play every game for the league. So, so Greek teams were really rested while... That Port- tournament. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't only that. It was just they got the tactics spot on through mm-hmm. on that tournament and uh, they lost one game in that tournament group stage. The only game they, tra- they trailed 1-0 they couldn't score because every game they played super defensively one set piece situation like uh, a corner or a free mm-hmm. kick, they scored one goal and then just kept on defending and nobody could break them down for the entire tournament. Kind of, it was crazy. It was just amazingly crazy. They beat uh, the Czech Republic on on that. They were one of the four favorites as well. Portugal beat England. I was at that game. Penalty shootout. Becker missed a penalty. He he slipped and screwed the shot over the bar. We were sitting right behind the goal that game. Mm-hmm. It was quite quite amazing game. And when the one died, it was crazy. 
I mean, to be at in that country where they want to win the tournament, they're having home ground and the win against first Spain and then Portugal. It was uh, for and England. It was it was amazing. The whole country just erupted. Let me let me ask you. It was a couple, like the Wonder World War. Let me ask you a couple of questions now. Um, some people will say Ronaldo could be the best player, but yeah. uh, um, people that I talked to in, in uh, basically say he's probably like if if Messi is like one A, Ronaldo might be one B. But the, the, how do you say the captain for Sweden? Zlatan. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But people just short name him for his first name. It's Zlatan. Zlatan. Some people say he's the third best player in the world. At the moment, uh, a lot of people are saying that. Mm-hmm. I would say for the last four years, consistently, most people will say that by far Messi and Ronaldo are the best, and edging the other one a little bit has been Messi for the last couple of years because he's won the Footballer of the Year a couple mm-hmm. of years in a row. Uh, and uh, Ronaldo has been second. He's been shadowing him for years. It's really tragic because if Messi wouldn't be playing, Ronaldo would have been the world's best player in the world by sure. far. But at the moment, they're two, and he's he's in the shadow a little bit because most people still think Messi, and Messi has won the football of the year a couple of years. So you know, but uh, that accolade is a bit weird because it usually goes to player that wins with the club teams as well. Sure. So this year uh, talks about other players like Ribéry and stuff like that. But but. Um, Slatan uh, uh, is for the moment people say he's he's like the third best player. Some people say at the moment he's the best, but that's form mm-hmm. like a change in one month. Right. So, so you know it doesn't say that much. If you generally speaking, Messi or Ronaldo. I don't know a whole lot about him, but in the last twenty four hours, I read a little bit about oh, him. He's great, and I saw him. But to give people an idea, who uh, especially Americans, he's a bit crazy, it, but he's a great footballer. He is six foot five, which is really strange to me because I don't know a lot about soccer, but that doesn't seem like a typical height. He's huge, uh, but very big compared to other uh, footballers. But also, it's I saw his footage of his uh, his work. It's unbelievable, and it's interesting. Yeah, the he has, I showed yesterday. Yeah, he has a martial art background in Taekwondo. So the some Black of the belt. kick, he, some of the kick he was doing. Yeah. It's got to be influenced by Taekwondo because there's Absolutely. some unbelievable kicking for somebody that tall. I mean, if, if the biggest way you can explain in football, when you say a person is ir- irrational, that's usually a positive thing. That means that he uh, he finds spaces and thoughts outside of the box. Mm-hmm. So he will, because at 11 playing against 11, they have certain kind of way of thinking how you should move. But when somebody behaves irrational, it's hard to mark them. You don't know where they're going. They'll find pockets of space. Uh, you don't know how to formate with your teammates. May yeah. I add a word? The yeah. way he does it, he seemed very creative. He's very, that's the other word I was looking for. Uh, you say irrational uh, in that sense, and then the other natural thing you say about a player is creative. And he's 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 a creative link up. He's but, almost like a ballerina. I'm not even. I'm not. I say that so respectfully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The way he kick, it's just weird. Yeah, you usually say uh, like it looks like ballet sometimes when they play football. Like all of a sudden he he can just sp- uh, people just can is running towards somebody face facing them and in a split second the the spinning with the ball mm-hmm. confuses the other then all of a sudden they run them i mean uh, you can um, but he he's very technically extremely technically gifted for his side probably one of the most technically gifted players for that size ever and, and, and for somebody 6 foot 5 i'm amazed the way he kick and uh, yeah. it it almost looked like one of those funny hong kong yeah. Kung Fu football Definitely. movie, you know. He, he, he's got his first time I saw one of those amazing back heels. It was in Portugal 2004 against mm-hmm. Italy. We were trailing 1 0 in the 90th minute. He scores one of these amazing 
backheel lobs over defender in the 90s. It was just crazy. The whole stadium erupted. We're much more Swedish people than Italians because Italians said that the real competition starts in the knockout phases and they didn't even go through because mm. Sweden and Denmark, Scandinavians both beat them. So what, what, is, what, does, what does he, uh, uh, how do you, Zlatan? Slatan. Slatan. What does he have to do tonight? Uh, besides having the best game, but what does he have to do to attack uh, Portugal? Well, you know, it's it's not he can't. I mean, the only thing he can do besides being really good is, well, players like Slatan and Ronaldo. What differs them from other players, maybe in the team? They're both they're both uh, strikers, right? That, that's yeah, they're that, attacking mm-hmm. play, but they're both players that can create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in football, you, you do moves and stuff like that. You run, but certain players can just—they have the ball in, in one space, and it's not dangerous at that moment. Right. But maybe they do just some, something fantastic. They take the d- d- dummy their man, maybe go past two plays and shoot some incredible shots. I mean, some of in these kind of games when you have these kind of big plays, that's usually what the audience are expecting: the somebody who will be the one who just does the extraordinary. And in finals and stuff like that, some people just, all of a sudden, they just, they score the fin- winning goal continuously. They have just something that is greater than others. Mm-hmm. And let's see tonight if somebody, uh, Ronaldo scored the last game against Portugal. So he, he, did, he did his job. Let's, let's see if Let me give you an analogy. Um, in, in baseball, uh, Boston Red Sox won the World Series uh, three, four weeks ago. And I, I don't know which game it was, but one of their like, least talented player from minor leagues uh, if I remember, one one of the players that people really didn't expect to do anything hit a ho- dramatic home run. So that happens, you know. It's you sport, know, it's sports. I, I, That's what makes sports mm-hmm. uh, amazing. Small teams winning is bigger. I mean, if ev- everybody would play exactly as you expected all the time, it right. would be the most boring thing ever occurred. I mean, the whole the whole the whole thing with it is that you never know how it's going to go, who's going to perform, and do what, what tactics is going to. I mean, it's so many. Many many small factors that that makes it interesting. That's why you like things like this. It's 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 a it's a hobby. It's entertainment. But with Swedish national team, what what do they do the best usually? What's their philosophy? Mostly a defensive oriented. Yeah, team? I would say the Swedish teamwork. Uh, Sweden's always gone through on teamwork. That we during the like ten years ago, we had a a manager called Lars Lagerbäck who's actually over Iceland at the moment. They're playing also. It's going to be very interesting. They drew at home against Croatia, which is uh, quite amazing. But then they're going to play away. It's a very small country. He's done amazing to get them that far as well. He used to always play so defensively, and mm-hmm. people always complain in Sweden that we defensively. But we always got through. And because we played it, because we knew that we c- we don't have technically and big, fast or whatever players as maybe France or Italy or England or, or Germany has. So you can't play that game. You have to adapt your game to something else. So what we used to play... But what, why is that? Like, like I said, I don't know anything. About because somebody else... I mean, it's, for instance, if you're a boxer and two boxers and the other one, you're exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you feel that you're... I mean, your tactic is the same. You both are sluggers. But the other one is much better in slugging than you are. You will never win a fight in slugging. So what do you do? You adapt your game. You make adjustments. And you make adjustments and, yeah. adjustment and attack, attack in a different way. Same thing in football. If you play against a team who will pass around the ball much better than you and you try to implement the same kind of attacking play but you're not as good at it chances are that you'll lose that game but then you may have to think okay their their main strength attack they will attack the shit out of us we need to maybe cut all the passes work really hard run at them sure uh, destroy the game play really defensive dirty uh 
to get a result, frustrate them, get free kicks instead, uh, give free kicks away instead of, of having a fluent game, because football is a fluency. If you have free so, kicks all uh, the time, uh, uh, so so what we used to do sometimes when Sweden played ten years ago, we could play the same against a weaker team like Hungary. It would look the same as we play against Argentina. The game will be nullified for both teams. Nobody's creating anything, and people get frustrated. But you know, if we're playing Brazil, I'm happy if we have a draw. Mm-hmm. A nil-nil draw is much better than a seven-two loss. Sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, well, what the hell are we talking about? It's about getting points and winning. That's all it is. It's not nobody talking about wars when you have war. Like, well, you know, uh, we lost the war, but we had a much better military suit. Ours was pink with the rainbow on it. It looked amazing, but we lost. I mean, nobody gives a shit about that. So sw- Swedish style sounds like it's a war of attrition. You, it, it, it's not like you have an overpowering power, but you trying to exhaust them. And defensively. Usually, but now yeah. we have one player. Uh, we, this generation, we have a little stronger play technically, and we try to play that way now. The new Who, who's out other uh, stars on the team? I mean, there's no big stars like Slatan for the Slatan. rest of the European mm-hmm. players. But then we have Kim Schellström is a good player. Is a, uh, what position does he play? Midfield. Okay. Midfield. Elmander is good in the national team. He's not a. He's not a. You know, big play plays in a Premier League club, but not not you know as a star player or anything. So the only star player of Sweden is Slatan for sure. Uh, two question about them right away. How good is the manager? Who? What's the name of the manager? Eric man? Uh I, I met him two weeks ago. Funny enough, I was doing a. Oh, show. I saw the picture. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's Facebook, right. Yeah, you yeah. you work on a TV show. Yeah, okay. I'm yelling at. Yeah, I work at a TV show. That I'm a. Um, what's the name of the TV show? Satmampo Platz. It's a talk show kind of uh, show, and he was there. And, Um, and you do, do like <laughs> this is a, this is a, I do funny pictures yeah no yeah. no no um because I'm friend with Brody Stevens he does a warm up for TV show in America but you do warm up for yeah. this show too okay so what what's his strength as a manager what, what does he do so well I mean uh, the thing is when we took him as a manager it was more a philosophy change towards where we want to take the Swedish national team mm-hmm. from like a, a, a higher level and that is play more kind of football mm-hmm. I mean more passing more attacking So the old coach Lars Lagerbeck, uh, when he ended his, we took one who plays more creative football, so to say, and uh, he fit the bill apparently. And I think he's been doing, considering that this is not what I reckon that are is our stre- strongest suit. But to win like big games, you usually need to be playing like this. To go far in a tournament, you need to play football. You can't just Greek did it once though, but that was sure. just amazing uh, for that time. So I think that considering, yeah, he's. Be, I think he's been doing a good job. I, yes. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I, th- I don't think you can expect more. I mean, the people that expect he, more doesn't understand what the fuck they're talking about. And he was managing the team last year when they were behind zero four to yeah. Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it it just it just seems like it's very difficult to score a goal for them to be behind four goals. They actually came back tied. The German team in Germany. Yeah, it was like it rang through all the football world because that and that never happened. That first of all, Germany uh, in their home quarter usually con- uh, usually considered like unbeatable. I mean, England did a fantastic all, the, the, feat. The, 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 During a Swedish manager as well, actually was coach of England. Then your next England won five one against Germany, and he was the coach back then. He he got like a legendary status after that game. They made a song after him. And and. and <laughs> My impression: German's football team is it's so very, I, I, very, 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 very uh, usually say efficient and disciplined, and oh, usually all the German football is always considered as being the most disciplined football machine. Well, you always well, that, call that's them the machine. word I was going to use. Yeah, machine. German machine. Where's we always the, call them as the machines. Whereas the Brazilians seem more like warm and fluent, and creative, flair, fluent, passing, yeah. dribbling, a bit more like that. But but you know, just because some people. 
think naturally for somebody who doesn't watch football, that sounds always better. But, you know, sometimes I think it, sometimes it could be boring watching Barcelona that they completely outrun the team. And the only thing is happening is one team is passing around their edge of area. It's not that fun either. I, I think Premier League is quite a fun because the attacks go back and forth. It's like waves of attacks. And the tempo is high and the mm-hmm. running and the audience is standing up every other second because when they lose the ball, oh, no, this is counterattack. And they lose the ball, okay, there's another. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Maybe it's not the tactically best football but but you, for me, it's fun to watch. Let me let me ask you, um, I, uh, how big is the weather is going to be a factor? Do Tonight? you think? Because it, but no. first of all, is the stadium closed? Stadium is it open? Like open air. It, it it can be closed, but it's not uh, going to be tonight. It's going to be open. Open. Yeah. So that's got to be factoring, right? Because Swedish why it's po- cold? You mean? Well, I mean, Swedish players are used to the weather here. Yeah, but all the players play in different countries, and you know. Oh, you don't think it's going to be a factor? No, then? no, no, not Sweden. If it would be, when it's factor, maybe something. No, no, like, I'm talking about the Portuguese. Maybe yeah, yeah, the, I'm saying not. In maybe Sweden. they're not used to that weather. Yeah, but not in Sweden this time of year. It's not that cold. I mean, they're used to cold weather here and there. I mean, I would say like sometimes you have to go to Russia like in December for mm. a, or like January during Champions League game or something, and it's like snowing heavy. Uh, I think that is more, much more annoying. Okay. Really heavy rain could be annoying. I think this, you always talk about weather, uh, oh, that will affect here and there. You know what? It's so many players on the pitch. It's 11 against 11. M- most of them don't play in the country where we're having the game. Okay. Like, like in Swedish national team, I mean, everybody basically plays outside of Sweden. There's a couple of players playing still in Swedish team, but they play an English team or Spanish or whatever. And same thing with the same thing with the Portuguese. I mean, they play. Some of them play in Spain. Some of them play in Italy. Some of them play in England. I mean, so so I don't think it factors that much that it doesn't give it. The home advantage is because we at we home, have the audience, audience, and you know everything. The feel around the dressing room, you feel more at home, more relaxed. Mm-hmm. In every sport, usually you're stronger at home. Uh, well, let's let's talk about that that the Portuguese national team. Now, beside Ronaldo. Uh, what what is that? What what is their team looks like? Do they have other superstars on the team? Yeah, I mean, uh, superstars. They have a, a lot of more players that are famous. Yes, like Quantrao, maybe left. But I mean, they have a lot of players. I mean, it's not only just Ronaldo. They're they're generally a bigger team, uh, and and that's uh, that's it. But they're never like regarded as the ones who go because they never win the tournaments and stuff. So they still have that small brother complex that they they don't go the whole way and win it. Mm-hmm. Spain used to have that, but then all of a sudden Spain is now... Because many people consider that two teams in Spain, uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona, could possibly be the two best teams, or they're definitely the top five best. Yeah, but same thing in, in club football, I'll say that, same thing there. I mean, two, three years, a team could be the best, mm-hmm. and then they fall off the throne, somebody else take it. Barcelona was... Well, a couple a couple of years ago, Barcelona was Barcelona just dominating. Was like four years in a row, they were pretty much dominating. They were, they were considered the best team. Whenever you beat them in Champions League, that was defeat. But now last year, uh, Bayern Munich uh, beat the crap out of them in in the Champions League. It, was that a big surprise? Uh, not really, because Bayern Munich was so strong that season mm-hmm. that in the end, when they did beat them, nobody was shocked. But but the ease they beat them, I think a lot of was shocked for that. And then at the other corner, other semifinal, it was also Germany, a German team against a Spanish team. That was Dortmund against Real. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened there. Dortmund beat the shit out of Real. And in the final, uh, Bayern Wait, Munich. Dortmund? Yeah, Dortmund beat the shit out of Real last year. And they came to the Champions League final against Bayern Munich. So it was a whole German final. That's, that's, I've been to that town. It's a little tiny industrial city in the middle of Germany. Oh, 
Well, yeah, but the area. I didn't know they had a, such no, a good team. No, they got a really good team. Uh, traditionally good team as well. So this uh, Portugal, their team, what kind of team is it? Is it are they more different? attacking? They're really attacking. Yeah, team. They're attacking team. So the same thing today when they're gonna come, they lead one nil from from last Friday. They beat us one nil. And literally, home. they only had like nine to ten minutes left, and Ronaldo's. Uh, yeah, it was eighty first minute, but you know the game is not ninety; it's basically one eighty because it's two games. So today we go into the game trailing one nil. Right. So. The, the the good thing you can say is that it's only one nil. It's not that much. You can. The problem is, if they score one goal, we it will not be enough to one win by two one and total uh, on the night and total. So you need to two. score like three one. Because if it's total two two, we win two night two one tonight, and, and they have one nil for two two. That will still mean that they have scored what we call in football an away goal. And if it's a draw, because Sweden was able to score yeah. in, in 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 we didn't score in mm-hmm. Portugal. But if we win one nil today, it'll be extra time. But an extra time it would determine whoever's uh, extra thirty uh, extra thirty minutes. And if it's still a draw after that, penalties. I see. So so you know it could go go down to that. If we win one nil, it, it could go down to penalties. I think I'm not gonna lie to you. The penalty thing that frustrated America. Oh, man. that's crazy for everybody. It's crazy for everybody. Do you like it? That that rule. I mean, what do you want to? You, you can't go playing on forever. Uh, sometimes it's just you're avoiding my question. Do you like? Do you like it? I mean, it has something very special to it. Yes, I mean, when when yes, I do like it because the feeling that goes through your body when there's a penalty shootout, you can't get during the game. You're excited. Um, sometimes sure. you know you have your hands in your head. You're watching down. You you shivering your teeth. Whatever the re- I mean, sometimes you, you go crazy. But in the penalty shootout, that's even. I love watching penalty shootouts when my team is not involved. I think it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. I want all the games always go as far as possible. Mm-hmm. I want to go to extra time. I want to go to penalties because sure. get the most out of the game when it's knockout stages. As long as my team is not playing, because <laughs> Tottenham, my team, we yes. we hadn't won a penalty shootout since 1994, and we did uh, like two months ago now for the first time. We had like 12 losses in a row. I didn't cry. <laughs> I didn't cry. It wasn't a big game, really, but uh, I no. I, I, I'm I, sorry, but that's, I have that's, cried, uh, but not for that. that let me tell you something. That that would make me mad if they came that close and it took. If they lost the whole match because stupid penalty kick, but it's that, not that, stupid. That, that, but, that, but you know what? You know what? You, you always used to think like that when I was younger as well. I was I was like stupid, stupid is just lottery. But you know what? I mean, granted, if my team won it because of that, okay, listen, that's listen, cool. Listen, I'm just saying like this. Try to try to see it this way then. This is a grueling game, 90 minutes. Yeah. Can't separate the teams. Okay, it's a lot of time, 90 minutes. Still can't separate. Lots of chances. Oh, it's been great. But there's extra time, th- two, two, uh, two times 15 minutes. Sure. They play two times 15 minutes. Maybe there's a goal or not a goal. It's still draw. Nothing can separate these teams for 120 minutes. The only thing that can separate them now is sheer, you know, it's a bit lottery, but then it's just sheer nerves, steel, and, you know, the... the if you want to win, because the pressure, the penalty kick takers are under. Usually, the the big players usually misses penalties, because the pressure on them is intense. They're the star player. Well, how many kick? How many times did they kick they each have, team? They, they're gonna kick five times each. Well, let me ask you: Have have they tied in that thing too? Many times. It's been like. 11, What's the 11. record? What's the record? I, I don't know the record in my head. Now I'm, I'm not that autistic, but. Uh, but it's been far, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, usually Spurs game, uh, Tottenham game went to eight, eight, uh, eight, seven. I think we won. It was tie after five. I mean, 
first you have five penalties. Sure. And, uh, you know, and you see if somebody misses his two, uh, three first, and they put the three first, it's already over because they can't mm-hmm. catch them. But if it's a f- tie after five, five, after five penalties, it's a sudden death. It's, you know, you put, you miss one, they hit one, they're the winner. I mean. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's just round after round after that. But in the beginning, you can miss the two first and still end up catching them if they miss. So best scenario is the Sweden wins 1-0, then they go to... Well, no, no, not for me. I want Sweden to win. The best scenario is Sweden just straight up win today. Like 2-0. 2-0. So it's not easy. We have to win two. We have to score two goals. 2-0. We have to at least score one goal just to get... And not concede anything. Yeah. So, you know... But how did this happen? How did these two great teams have to play like this? But this is, you know, in Europe, there are, I mean, there are so many good teams and there are so few spots for the World Cup. This is bound to happen. I mean, France is trail. France will miss World Cup today, probably. They lost 2-0 away to Ukraine, and now they're going to have home to Ukraine. They have to win 3-0 uh, today. Wait, so how many uh, teams from Europe goes to Brazil? Um, how many spots are there? I don't remember how many are there now in total. Uh, for European teams, there are we can just check it out. I think it's oh how many? Oh, but still, it's it's still not enough. I mean, I mean, okay, who's guaranteed right now? As of now, today, right now, Braz- uh, a lot of teams. Wait, we can. Uh, I'm I talking mean, European teams. Most teams have qualified. These are the last spots. I mean, uh, I'm asking which European teams are guaranteed in now. As of now, as of now, mm. it's Belgium. Belgium? Are you serious? Uh, Belgium is the new... Go- Three years ago, uh, I had a bet with my friend said that Belgium is going to be one of the best teams. And at the moment, they have a golden generation. They're a brilliant team from nowhere. I mean, last five, six, seven, ten. Yeah, but brilliant team. Really good team. Brilliant, okay. brilliant, young, good, young, good player. They're through. They totally dominated the group. Italy are through. Germany are through. Netherlands are through. Switzerland are through. Russia are through. Bosnia-Herzegovina, surprising their group. They're through for the first time. England... Spain, uh, so they grew, they're all the way through from Europe, and then they have a couple of playoffs now coming. Wow, like Croatia can today, uh, if they beat uh, Bosnia, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, the old Yugoslavian countries they're really good at football, so but uh, that play the captain, Salatin, he's originally Bosnian Croatian, that's what I thought. His parents are, he, I mean, he's from a, a suburb in Sweden, the only place you can call. Not as ghetto and slum, but... But he's from Malmo, right? Yeah, Malmo. That's it's, in the, the, the south... Uh, it's worse of Beverly Hills, you can call Sweden, but, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it's, it's you know, it, it's... Uh, it's a area of segregation, you know, foreigners and immigrants. He, he's, from, he's from a tough background, that sense, but he's really so non-typical Swedish in his way. But that's one... Oh, he's a tough motherfucker. And he's so non-Swedish. I mean, Swedish, you have this Jantelag. That... that uh, yeah, I mean, I read stuff about him, and when he's mad at people, I mean, he gets really physical, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's... Um, I would have done the same thing. I, I, I love that about that, because to most Americans, they like physical game, and uh, sometimes maybe we misunderstood misunderstand football, but it just seemed more finesse game, and like Messi seemed like to play a, a finesse game, but... I like this guy. I really do. I like his aggressiveness. Yeah, I like strength. his uh, creative way of playing. And, and frankly, some of the kick he does, it almost like something Jackie Chenwa does. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm, I'm not even kidding. It looks like one of those kung fu football movie. But so, what, what, what do you think? What's your prediction? Be honest. What do you think is your prediction? I mean, if I was betting money, 
I would say that I, I, I would still think that I think Portugal are favorites to qualify, uh, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's football is just, you can change. Anything it can two, happen. It can change in two seconds. I mean, mm-hmm. really, literally two seconds. It could be start of the game, we get a corner, we happen to score 1-0, and the game has just flipped on its head because then Portugal will feel pressure. And to be away with 55,000 Swedish people yell, uh, screaming and yeah. cheering our team, maybe they'll... So you never, it literally it goes so fast in football. How, I mean, like when we turned 4-0 mm-hmm. away to Germany 4-0, I mean, I don't think anybody on the planet ever through all time would have guessed we would have done that. Has Ronaldo won any championships? Yeah, but on club level, yeah. For Madrid, he has won. He's uh, won Champions League with Manchester United. He's won a couple of league titles with Manchester United. So he's done this. He's been in these tough uh, matches. And ah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. Both him and Slatan, especially Ronaldo. He's been in even bigger games than Slatan. I see. Because he's been further in the bigger, to- big national tournaments, and he's won the Champions League, which Slatan haven't actually. So who do you th- what, who, who do you think is uh, pressures on today? On Sweden or on Portugal? I think. It's it's on both because Portugal are considered favorite from the get go, mm-hmm. but you know still if if we if we don't win we, we don't qualify so the pressure is of course on. With all these one and a half years of the result against Germany four four was basically done for nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean basically if we don't qualify today, that game didn't mean anything. It was just fun for that night. It wouldn't mean anything historically. I mean. Comes to the so week. basically, the best senior would have been it would have been zero zero. Well, obviously, the best senior is if they would have won couple uh, last week, but um, but zero zero was a result we wanted yeah. down in Portugal. Then yes, come here and score one. Then and, come here yeah. to win. Yeah, the, 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 that was the, the, mm-hmm. the that's a natural kind of strategy in e- even sure. games. So you don't lose away and you try to win them, and you try to get away goal. Of course, I mean one one is usually a really good result to get away because that means you can you can uh, play a nil nil at home and still go through. Who's the manager for Portugal? Bento. And uh, how good of a manager is he? I mean, I, he he plays offensive football. He used to be a good player when he played. Actually, let he me give you example for Portugal as well as a player. Uh, I think it, he. I don't think that there are like an, an unbeatable machine. Mm-hmm. He's not. He. I mean, that's really hard for any manager to get a team going, but same teams do that. Like Belgium, for instance, has been amazing for the last year, and they beat everything on the way. And Portugal has not been that. For years, they haven't been... They lose odd games here and there. And historically, they have very difficult against Sweden. This is the first time they won against Sweden for a long, long time. I mean, for, uh, statistically, they have more losses than wins. Let me, let me, let me ask you, uh, within the last six months, Sir uh, Ferguson, who yeah. uh, was the manager for Manchester United well respected and and now yeah, let me ask yeah. you if he had somebody like that for Swedish national team would he be that big of a factor you think uh, I'm trying to figure out because in some sports manager make quite a bit of difference you know it 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 it, it is difference of course who's your man who your manager is I think it's more Alex Ferguson I right? personally think that it's a much bigger difference at club level when the manager meets the players every day, day in, day out, mm-hmm. training every day, matches two times a week. National team, they meet up like every three months. Ah. So I don't think that it's... But, uh, you know, the national coach picks up the players who play. So he has a more general kind of uh, direction where the team is going. May, may I give you an example? In NBA, National Basketball Association, you have a guy, Phil Jackson, who tie with the most number of championship wins. And he has managed, uh, coach Michael Jordan, Shaq, 
and Kobe Bryant. One of the things that he does when the pressure's on his players, he will say something about the other team to put a pressure on them. So that way he will remove the pressure on his players. Yeah. And he could be sarcastic, mocking the other team. What is the name of football? I mean, football, it's huge with the press mm-hmm. and what manager says. Like Marohino? Marohino, he he's very uh, talkative. I heard, I, I heard like he was a re- very good at that, the, trying to manipulate the media. A lot of, I mean, every manager, I mean... He was a manager for Manchester... Uh, no, 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 Madrid, Real Madrid. He's Yeah, he's been first for Porto, then for Chelsea, then mm-hmm. for Inter Milan, then for Real Madrid, now back to Chelsea. He made me laugh. He was a really funny guy. He's, uh, he's, he's a character. They love yeah. him in England, they hate him in Italy and Spain. Now, the, yeah, no, but they, they, even when he was in England, and he left. They still loved him in England. They thought he was candid. They thought he was funny. Uh, they love him because he's he's just a character, and he's just very. Wait, wait. Open so even crazy. when when he crazy. managed Madrid and they were winning, the press and people hated him. I mean, Italy and Spain is special. They put completely. You can have three games in a row in Italy, and you're the best genius on the planet. Then you lose one game, and you are the fucking devil. You're going to get burned and you fucking burn alive. Wow. You play negative. You, they re- and in England, the, the media is not easy either. So, so you know. It, oh, I think they have one of the worst I mean, you media. You have to understand. You have to understand. You imagine your, Gossip-wise. your sports mm-hmm. in America. You take all the attention NFL gets, NBA, mm-hmm. hockey, uh, whatever sport you your baseball, whatever sport you have there. You combine that, that attention to basically one attention, mm-hmm. and that's football. So, I mean, all the sports get attention, all the sports, but football is by far the biggest in almost every country. By far. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy big. It's, uh, we it's, we it's, talked about this before other podcasts. It, it, it's crazy it, big it, in it's, every country. It's, it's really hard to relate to them because... Uh, of course. It's a different uh, way. It's, it's a very different way because Europe, you know, relatively speaking, the area is small, so you have so many different countries that they have some national pl- uh, pride. You know, we have a uh, NFL or baseball and football, but we, those teams don't play other countries. So even though it's a regional thing for me, uh, you know, hey, it, it, Seattle, Seattle Seahawks might hate the four, uh, San Francisco 49ers, but we have nothing comparable to what you have in Europe because not only do you support your team, but you're also supporting your country. Yeah, yeah. So, so the thing is that you imagine... If for 100 years you would have had games between Texas and California, California yeah. and Florida, Florida, maybe you would have got a feel for your state then that oh, it's a state game. But At the end of the day, you're the same country. Yeah, and the end of the day, doesn't, and the players move from you know, yeah. those kind of, it, you ha- It's not like a person from Florida. It's not like he lived in Florida his entire life. Mm-hmm. But in, in football, they lived in Sweden until they moved to another country. Sure. And, and maybe the bigger feel and, and it's, it's just a big, bigger importance. Traditionally, it's been this way for like the Olympics from Greeks. Yeah. I mean, it's always been this in Europe. This is, the, this is the way that, you know, try to take down some aggression. Uh, just play it out in sports. Well, let me make a comments and then we'll end. And uh, when you come back, I want to definitely talk to you in five or six hours. Yeah, we'll uh, see what mood we're on that. But uh, I, I know that whenever I go to uh, Germany and Netherlands, and um, <laughs> this guy that I know, he he runs a, re- a hotel in Alkmaar, uh, and uh, they have a lot of German people visit. But as soon as the German customer leave, you know, he says some unflattering things about Germans, but nothing riles the Dutch like when they're playing German national yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. That's the the orange team playing, and you know, same thing in Asia. South Korean football. Do you, want, team, do you know why it's called the Orange Team? The House of Orange. Yeah. Do you know why? Do you uh, know why the, the, the royal family is orange? Do you know why the color of uh, William Orange? 
why is orange? Why the colors of uh, of Holland is orange? Uh, I mean, it's the color of a royal family. But yeah, would you know why? No. Why orange? Because uh, the you're actually you're wearing orange right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I am. Yeah, because uh, and people say like in a jokey way the carrots, and actually it is the carrots. Uh, become like a national symbol because in the for the Dutch, yeah, because carrots originally aren't aren't uh, orange. Carrots originally are white, red, black, purple, uh, but you can do it in different ways. Then in the 15th, 16th century, they started uh, doing mass producing in Holland. It was good to do carrots, and they do the orange one. And after a while, uh, that was the ma- main orange, uh, main carrot that was going in Europe. So after a while, the other just disappeared. So it's these are the carrots that were I going, didn't know that. and that was carrots, and that kind of built the uh, the national uh, the th- thing. They kind of adapted it to to the national symbol, yeah. the orange. I do, the I do, I do like, I do love the genetically uh, manipulated carrots. Not genetically, but like you know. I I, I like I love the Germans, and I uh, I like the German uh, Germany as a country. I have a wonderful time there, and I like Netherlands. But I have to say. When they're playing each other, I have a soft spot for Netherlands. A lot of uh, pl- a lot of people across the world because like it's a small country, football, yeah. and uh, it's it's great when you see those guys play. And I also love it when <laughs> Japanese and Koreans play. Man, those Koreans are just riled up. I'm ethnically Korean, but I was born and raised in Japan. I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. But boy, nothing makes me happy whenever there's a hatred. Yeah. Hate is wonderful in sports. I don't like it any is. of these people bring trying to be nice to each other. Man. It's when there's a hate, they bring the best performance from both sides. Yeah, whether it's a baseball, New York versus Boston Red Sox, or whether Lakers versus Boston Celtics. But boy, tonight, uh, I don't know if there's a traditionally hatred between the Swedes and Portugal. But no, I, no I, not I, traditionally, but... But uh, this is going to be a great night, and I know rest, the, the country of Sweden will be uh, 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 on their feet. Uh, watching this game tonight, and uh, uh, I just wish nothing but the best for that Swedish team. And uh, Salatin, good luck to you tonight. I hope you have a just amazing score and uh, beat Portugal. Um, nothing against Portugal, but I I I, I got to go team of uh, blue and yellow. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, adio. I'll, I'll see you in uh, four or five hours. I'm, um, yeah. Uh, win or lose, I definitely want to hear the everything the atmosphere how people are reacting you know if the referee did a good job if the manager did a good job i want to i want to hear yeah you're gonna hear it all. yeah i want to hear all of it so you're all right gonna. have a have a good time at the match and uh um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what you have to say no worries all, all right. right thanks for listening and this is uh, part one wait for us for the part two thanks Welcome back. This is part two. It's almost been uh, two days after the match, and um, I'm back in Adil's place. So, Adil, would you mind letting the audience know what happened? Yeah, we didn't go through. Uh, Portugal went through. It was a, it was a really good game. Um, really thought for a moment that we made an amazing comeback, but I even filmed the. Uh, we had a free kick, and I was like, "It's gonna be a goal. It's gonna be a goal." Start filming it. And the scored, and we had it just erupted the whole stadium. We because we were trailing one nil already in the first game. Cristiano Ronaldo scored again, so it was total two nil. So we had to score three goals, and it was like 60th minutes, 30 minutes left. So we did one one Slatan Ibrahimovic for us. So it was really a ca- mm-hmm. uh, the fighter of giants. One one in the corner, and then like five minutes later, we scored two one on free kicks Slatan Ibrahimovic again. And you know we're really pressuring them. We just need one more goal. It's 20 minutes left. It's enough sure. time. But we just attacked so so hard, so we just counterattacked, and that fuck Cristiano Ronaldo scored again, 
hat trick. And then uh, we just keep on pressing because we need two goals and then they score again on the counter-attack. And once again, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. So, uh, no, I mean, uh, uh, the third goal was Cristiano. So, totally scored four goals. And it was a hat trick then. Yeah, obviously. three two, three two mm-hmm. on the night. So, yeah. So, it, it, he really showed his class. A couple of things. One, I saw the clip how you guys were excited. It doesn't matter what sports. Anyone who is fan of sports could understand that feeling. Yeah. That, if, that, that euphoria. Did, did I show you the clip? Yeah, I saw yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I, I could relate because I've, I've been in that situation. Yeah, and two of the guys that were with us were British. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one was uh, the comedian Al Pitcher got us a ticket. He had a show there the same night. Great comic, by the way, if anybody has a chance to see him. Um, he's originally from England but brought up in, in New Zealand. His wife is Swedish. And his mate, Mickey, he's been living in Sweden as well. So both of them were actually British, but they were just as into it when we scored. I mean, right, and they wanted the Sweden to of win. Course, of yeah, course, yeah. because they know that even if they're not Swedish, uh, the children are, and uh, they know that the summer just get, tends to get so much greater. Sure. Uh, because for us who, who likes football, I mean, for me, it doesn't matter. The World Cup will come. Of course, it'll be much more fun with Sweden, but I'll watch every game anyways. Sure. Uh, but I think for that to talk yesterday, the Swedes that really don't follow it hard, even they follow when Sweden is on World Cup, yeah. so even their summer is, is great. Maybe not; it won't be that magical, but you know. My my impression is Sweden put incredible effort, and they 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 really went to win it. Yeah, I mean, the first half was frustrating mm-hmm. uh, because we didn't really penetrate them, but then the second half we went even more offensive. And you know, it's it's the not- Sweden score first. No, actually, Portugal scored first. That's uh-huh. why it was really, we had to score three goals. And it looked like, ah, oh, this ain't going to happen, maybe. But then we scored one goal. And, you know, the, the, the team, that's typical football. It was, it was so many football cliches in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if you would have been there, we would have shown. Because me and Al were just looking at each other and just said many times, like, that's football. It was just so typical. You know, we had a glorious opportunity to make 1-0. Slatan played the ball perfectly to a to a, a player who plays uh, in England. Once, once again, uh, captain for Swedish team. Captain yes. Sweden, Zlatan. And he played a wonderful ball. And he should have scored this guy, Seb Larsson. He didn't. The goalkeeper saves. 45 seconds later, mm-hmm. they counter and Cristiano Ronaldo scores. So instead of we, we're up 1-0, which would completely change the game because then Portugal has to attack and we can sit back for a while. So it would be a complete, it would probably end up 1-0 then because that's typical. If somebody scores 1-0, bo- both teams get afraid. Sure. And this time we were fried. We had to attack. So they were just sitting and waiting for us to attack. And they have Cristiano Ronaldo up front. They left him up there. And he counterattacked us three times uh, by himself. Uh, I, I obviously, I didn't watch the game. I did go to ESP and I saw some of the clips. And like that guy is an unbelievable player. He's an unbelievable player. Yeah. He's an unbelievable I don't want to take anything away from the guy. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, listen, you, you hate him when he's playing you. Mm-hmm. But for me, he's still. I, I still think that you know Messi... Is probably the most productive player somehow. But, but was wasn't Messi kind of injured most of the he, year? No, no, he, he's injured now for a while. So I think this this month that's mm-hmm. coming up, he's going to be alone uh, in Spain, and he just put Portugal through with four goals. So I think he's uh, at the moment he's the strongest player in the world. But uh, I think he's the most complete player, anyways. I mean, Messi can't. He's short. Messi is a small guy. He takes a lot of beating, but he's not strong like. Ronaldo is strong. He's actually good in the air. I mean, mm-hmm. he's good in heading. So no, Cristiano, he's great. He's great. It was it was very good. Um, so you know, I I know so little about it, but I do feel bad for Sweden. But more mostly because Salatin, this my it's it's probably his last World Cup. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, 
Because if he's trying to make it 2018, how... 36. Yeah. In football terms, that's... I mean, he could probably still be playing at 36. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he would not be as good as he is right now. And who knows? We can't. Maybe we don't even qualify at that time. Uh, I mean, has he has he gone to World Cup before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, th- that's the, th- the strange part. We're a small country. We shouldn't qualify for all the championships, but we qualified for all the championships since 1998. We won the bronze medal in the USA actually, '94, wow. which was an incredible, quite, quite, feat. A, quite incredible feat. Yeah, yeah, incredible feat. And that summer, uh, I was 14. We remember that's still in everybody's heads. Yeah. Because that summer was amazing. The games and we won the penalty shootout in the quarterfinal. Sure. It was just. It was just so good. Um, so but then we missed 96. But then we've been all the Europe because European Championship is every four year mm-hmm. and World Cup is every four years. So basically mm-hmm. every second year, there's a big tournament. I see. For European uh, countries and same for Latin Americans. They have their equivalents. So, 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 so you know, every two years. So, and we have qualified for all of them. Incredibly enough. Incredibly enough we have. But this is the first time we missed. So. For 16 years. So. What where does Sweden have to go from here if they want to make it 2018? What do they have to do? I mean, it's the same as as usual. We'll we'll see the group. I mean, we've always qualified through. We've had maybe not easy group, but we had a group, and maybe one team was bad. We finished second, and we qualified through playoff. This time, we didn't qualify through sure. playoff. So I just think we need to keep on working the way we've done. We we changed the system, the way mm-hmm. Sweden plays, the last three years, four years, uh, and you know, a new generation of players are coming through. So, you know, we just have to keep on hoping that they'll they'll produce the same thing they have. Because we, we did a good qualifying campaign. We had Germany in our group. I mean, for us to come before Germany would have been an extreme, uh, uh, both feat and, and uh, surprise. So so we came second behind them, and that was expected. That was the, the spot we were looking for. Right. We just drew a hard team in the playoffs. We could have gone Iceland. We could have gone um, Greece would have been easier. I mean, on the paper, but... but but this is this is what we got to so just just have to fight on and carry on. So twenty fourteen World Cup, who's who's like the top five he- heavily favorite team to win it all right now? Everybody says different, but uh, Brazil because they've got home home soil. So they have a home court advantage. Yeah, and you know, and it's always a good team. So right. they're always amongst the favorites. Now they're home courts, and I think many people put them as number one favorites. Spain, is that right? No, along with Spain, of course, because Spain has won. The two lost European Championships and they won the last World. I mean, Spain has been dominating World Cup. So Spain is the current defending champion, right? And everything, right? They 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 uh, they lost a game the other day, a friendly. But when it comes to championships, they won Euro. I mean, they won European Championship, they won World Cup, and they mm-hmm. won European Champion. I mean, they won everything now. So, so I definitely think that they and they're like undefeated in these. Can I tell you some uh, kind of really weird tidbits? I'm friends with Asakira. She's the biggest Asian porn star. Yeah, I know it is. She's married to Tony Rivas. Of course, I know. Yeah, she's he's from um, Barcelona. Huge, probably one of the biggest fan of Barcelona. She's the one of the most beautiful, hot girl. He doesn't give a shit when it comes to football time. He doesn't want to get bothered. <laughs> you have one of the most sexiest, beautiful girl around. But when the, when the FIFA game going? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but if if I if, if I'm watching Tottenham play, and and it's my girlfriend says, I don't have a girlfriend, but if I have one, and she said, yeah, I don't matter. I'm watching a bloody game. Right. What the hell is wrong with you? We can have sex later. But she even told me, like, yeah, there's nothing she could do. No, she, I understand. There's it. nothing that she could do to him to keep, take him away yeah, from the TV. I just think yeah. it's teenage boys who's 15 who are thinking, like, you know, sex can make them turn. And, I mean, 
it's 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 not it's not the first time where especially if your girlfriend I'm, hell no i would yeah. i would definitely watch tottenham before that hell yeah i mean no doubt about it <laughs> are you kidding me so go, going out back, of his game so going back um so you're saying spain brazil spain brazil uh, i would say maybe the top two favorites amongst the bookies at least and uh, then the usual ones are maybe argentina uh, because it's still Latin America. And uh, European team is number one in, in South America, the World Cup. So that makes automatically all the South American teams a bit stronger. Mm -hmm. And they have a couple of really good teams, South America, this year. They have Brazil, of course, Argentina. Spain. Ur Uruguay is a strong team. I mean, Latin America, Colombia is a okay. strong team. But generally, I would say Brazil, Argentina, Spain, Germany. And then you add one more to that, and that will be maybe, yeah, traditionally maybe Holland. But I would throw a hat in and throw a really odd team into this. A really, really odd team into Let this. Let me hear it. And that's Belgium. Really? That they have a golden generation. And for three, four years, they're young players. I mean, a young team. But three, four years ago, some of the players started to erupt in the leagues. And they're playing big, big leagues, strong characters, good players, offensive team. They lack maybe fullbacks a little bit. But a really, really outsider. Really, really outsider. They completely crushed everybody in the qualifying uh, they have Serbia, that Croatian, their group, they won home, they won away. They completely ba battered everybody in their group for the last two years. And they just look so solid. It's just amazing from nowhere, small country like that. Just produce so many players mm -hmm. from nowhere. I mean, they have players that will, will not play in the first team, sitting on a bench, who is really, really good players. That will come into Swedish team easily. Easily. So... Um so 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 I would just throw them in because I uh, I think so those those are the solid that's five a dark, no, yeah. Belgium is a dark horse I mean yeah. seriously I would never bet money for them to win the World Cup because I think to win it really seldomly anybody outside of the top four or five classic teams. Argentina makes sense because Messi is Argentine of course mm -hmm. uh, but Argentina is a great team as well and it's South America mm -hmm. so I think the fact the matter of fact is South America I think that both uh, Brazil Argentina uh, Colombia, Uruguay, these teams must, you know, you must look a bit extra towards them because um, because traditionally when they play there, it's usually very good. You can I can give you a whole list of I see. the teams here participating in the World Cup. Who, who are some of the better Asian teams right now? The Asian teams that's coming this year is um, it's Iran, it's Japan, and it's South Korea. That's oh. the Asian representatives. And, um, you know, it's it's the same thing. Because sometimes exciting tournaments and stuff like that, but nobody really believes in goal and win. Yeah. I mean, to any of these, for any team outside of Brazil, Argentina, uh, Germany, Holland, France, or whatever, these, Spain, these traditional teams, they usually end up winning. And well, why, why, why is that? I don't understand. I don't, why... When you it's have a, a lot to do with, with tradition, and then um, it's a lot to do with tradition. I mean, sports people tend to forget that aspect of it. That these are human beings. Uh, when you know, when when somebody puts up the statistic that Spain hasn't won against his team for forty years, mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean anything because the other players, but it does mean something because the players know it. They know it in their head. The coach knows it in their head. And maybe in some moment they have bad luck in a game, and they'll start thinking, "Oh, here we go." I mean. There's apparently something behind it because the different players playing. Mm -hmm. Tottenham, I remember when I played for to uh, well, playing. Uh, Tottenham didn't beat Chelsea, their their bitter rival, for 20 years. 20 straight years. 20 straight years. We didn't, we didn't beat them, 
And the fact is that they got rich maybe 15 years into this. So they were just our rivals for like 14, 15 years. And then they got rich. And then we beat them five years on top uh, after that. We didn't beat them home or away. Wow. For, uh, no, maybe it wasn't 20. Let me be completely honest. I think from like 91 to 2008 or something like that. 17 years. I think it was like over 30 games. We just um, couldn't beat them. But here's another puzzling question. Completely different players. Right. I mean, from the 10 years between, completely. I mean, historically, it was it was the English who created the game, right? Or yeah. Scottish. Okay, English. Mm-hmm. Why has why has England's been having so much problem in World Cup? I mean, what, they haven't won one in, what, 40 years? Yeah, 60. What do, what do you think? What's the problem? It's, it's not about a pro- problem. Problem, you know, there's a lot of countries playing football and... And I think that some countries apparently are better at producing uh, football that suits for international fields. Like, it's, it's hard to say, but everything goes through through grassroots level. Like for Sweden, for instance, we're not a big country population-wise, but right. it's generally a rich country. Sure. I mean, the middle Surely. the middle class is very... We don't have a, a big group of low class and like a lot of... Big, high, it, generally, everybody has it pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty social that way. So that means that if a nine-year-old wants to play football, it's no problem. He's going to play football. His parents are going to drive him wherever he's going to go. Mm-hmm. He's going to have good coaches, a good team spirit around. So he's going to have, if he wants to have a football education, he can have a pretty good football education sure. because they have time and money. Right. That means they can play coaches are pretty good. So, But maybe if you like go to a smaller country like, say, India, Pakistan or Afghanistan, you're nine years old, you want to play football, well, you find a rock and have a good time. Yeah. Uh, that's what's going to happen. So, so I mean, of course, it comes with money and education sure. and, you know. Coaching, so, nutrition. So, so European countries generally good because they're rich, generally. Sure. Uh, and then they have traditional football. And England has traditional football, but they have some other sports as well. They have cricket as well, uh, rugby. It doesn't take that much of the time, but it's just... It is discussion in England why we aren't as good. Uh, English people say, "Wow, I'm sure it's very frustrating for them." It's a it's a big huge discussion, and they're trying to do. I mean, it's a lot of. You have to understand that the sports here is so differently built than the system than in America. Mm-hmm. So here we have like coefficient. You can't just have as many immigrants or players from other country as you want to. Like in Europe, you can have as many uh, players from the European Union. That's no problem. If you sign somebody outside the European Union, they need a work permit. Right. Like in England, they need a work permit. A work permit is to have to play 75% of all the national games mm-hmm. within the four years. I mean, it's a big rule here and there. So every country is trying to do what they can to try to produce their own players because they still want the league to be strong. Sure. But they want their own players to compete in national level. Uh, I just think that it's it's about... It's, it's hard to say. I mean, I can't say why England is not as good as Spain, but... That's just the way it is. Um, so how has Americans been playing the last 20 years? Are they getting better? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say they're getting better, but but I nev- I don't feel that they have reached, they have not surpassed any of the level they've been at, if you know what I mean. I mean, uh, if you divide all the teams into four groups, uh, one is the best and four is the, I mean, the seedings, for instance, they have a, I would say that America is always three. Mm-hmm. And always been. Uh, so I don't see a big progression like that. Uh, I think it's, it's a bit to do with pressure as well. I think it's a little un- not unfair, but 
I don't think the American national team has any pressure on them to qualify. Well, first of all, because you have automatic space in World Cup, it's a bit, it's a bit, um, it's very unfair. You get too many spots mm -hmm. for nothing. No, <laughs> right. but it, it's really, it, it's just politics, and it's absolutely a bit sickening. Right, right, because you have certain regional blocks. Like I mean, seriously, United you're, States, you're Costa Rica, Honduras, uh -huh. and Mexico, four spots from that small area of Canada, America, Middle America. Yeah which is like 12 countries, all of a population of 12 people. Uh, uh, and then we have Mexico, which is a good team. But four spots, it, it, it's, it's Costa Rica and Honduras. I mean, I don't want to be like that, but they are maybe the by far poorest teams in this World Cup. I mean, I mean, it's like, it, 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 it's not... I mean, but in a, a, the counter-argument for that is that it really doesn't help them because if they don't have constantly a tough competition, they I, don't get better. Of course. Because it's all no the team... Doubt, they're, they're, I mean, they have no interest in producing great American players because, first of all, the, the sport is not big. And second of all, I don't think that... I think that with pressure in sports comes greatness. I mean, that, that's what Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Stress and pressure makes the best players... They, that's how they react under the worst circumstances. We, we have how will a, you react? Our population is massive, but unfortunately for anyone who is a football slash soccer fan in the States, many of the athletic kids usually go to the top three. I mean, usually it's between basketball and football. Yeah. yeah. And plus, there's more money for that of sport. Course. So it's, 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 it's a very tough sport to compete. And um, I think in the long run, Having a, such an easy way to get into the World Cup, I don't think it helped them in the long run to win it all. But, but um, it's, it's too easy. Either it won't uh, help them to win them, but mm -hmm. it might help uh, more Americans to have constant interest in soccer because you're in the World Cup all the time. Sure. That means that at least some people will find it interesting. Maybe they will spread that way. So I understand the politics behind it because sure. I'm not stupid. It is politics. They can say whatever they want to, representation in parts of the world. Asia have three teams in this championship, which is a fucking joke. Because that, uh, if you say that sure. the North American has four spots. It's politics, but it's also money too. Because they they definitely want to have a big American audience to follow it. You know. Hell yeah! But if you if you put China in this group as well, I mean, then you have no billion viewers. If it's strictly politics, put China in automatically if you want that. But I don't think that's fair. I don't remember the joke, but Russell Peters talk about that. Like why why can Indians and Chinese produce better players? Yeah. It's like almost two and a half yeah, three billion people. Yeah, it all when somebody when you keep on talking about like in England, there's no players. I mean, there's a lot of black players, of course, uh, but there's like no Asian players. I mean, Pakistani Indians, right. and the biggest population of immigrants is Pakistani Indian. They're too busy playing cricket or something. No, point. I mean, I had this discussion many times when I'm in London right. with my friends because I know a lot of people that's Pakistani. Indian. My, my, my cousin lived as uh, born and bred there, yeah, and he's originally Pakistani. Then my sister lives there, so I'm there quite often. I know a lot of Asian. Uh, in English Asians, yeah. uh, Anglo-Indian in, in in England, a lot of them. Uh, so they're English. So for them, they're like me, like I'm Swedish. They're they're English. And whenever I ask them, it's like, why is there no Asian? Is everybody playing cricket? And it's just I don't know what's going on. I get all these different kinds of of things. Uh, some people go straight to like genetic stuff, which is bullshit, of course. Like, yeah, but you know, they're small, they're better suited. I was like, mm. shut up. That's I've seen tall, short, the tallest man. In the world for a while was Pakistani. So what the hell's going on? Uh, uh, and then uh, the other stuff they say is like, oh, it's racism. That they don't let him in the clubs and stuff like that. And, you know, when I hear it, the, if they say it, fine, I have to believe them because they're saying that. But I just got such so difficult for me to get that in the head because 
there's still black players playing. I mean, I don't believe. I mean, maybe there's some kind of. I, 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 you know, it's really interesting because I find it very strange. It's very strange. And this is where one. It's like one two players, and they're not not in the Premier League. And this is one of those things where I'm a pragmatist. So if people are doing something for good, but they have a, like a really superficial reason of doing something good, I don't really care. But racial problem states, sport had a lot to do with improving the situation because yeah. for a long time, Alabama uh, college football program didn't have a black players. But soon as they saw other team like USC winning championships with black players, of course, they was they started using black players because at the end of the day, Americans. Before being racist, sometimes they love winning first. If it if it takes to bring a bunch of black players into your team to win it, we they will make that change. You know what I mean? Like, but I think definitely like in Sweden, I think uh, for instance, this is a good, great example. Of what were you saying? Uh, we all the the idols, the symbols of second generation foreigners. I mean, like like I like my yeah. parents aren't born here. Uh, all the idols you can see, it was maybe like some kind of a shit rapper. Mm-hmm. I mean, really shit. Like oh, like it was like a mimicry of how we are in the suburbs as a foreigner. Hey, we talked in a special way. Yeah, hey, yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's like whatever. And uh, we didn't have any like act. Whenever somebody was acting as a, a dog person in in the movies, mm-hmm. or it was always like he's playing that immigrant, or yeah, yeah. A thief or whatever. But then that changed a little bit because all of a sudden our best player by far, our cockiest player, our most charismatic player, our most famous player, our superstar. Is is Bosnian Croatian, and he's a dark guy. He's a tall, big, black-haired, ponytailed, big nose. Yeah, <laughs> he's you know he's not he doesn't look Swedish at all. With him coming, a lot of young kids, especially with immigrant background, yeah, is really, and a lot of Swedes have now accepted at least one person into their house, home, and as a big Swede, he's a captain. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he and he's a foreigner. So that has changed, of course, people's way of even thinking what you can do and not can do. Like, like you always say now, well, like America say, well, I, I, I can be, I can be the boss. Uh, I'm black. I can be the boss. Obama is motherfucking president. You know, yeah. all the fucking time. We joke about it all the time. I tell people like, you can do anything now, brother. Obama is president. I, yeah. I'm just joking. I said the last time to a guy working last night working at the place I was working, and he's a guard. And I was like, yeah, you can do anything, brother, because Obama president. He was like, hell yeah. He really, you know, it, it really, it's just it, funny. It, it, it really expands people's imagination. And yeah, yeah. When, when it comes down to it, it, doesn't, seems- matter, it, it doesn't matter who you are. If, if you have success and you win, pe- even, people give you grudging respect, you know. Even if you're racist and whatnot, you just want your team to win. So what do you think? Uh, you had a black president. What do you think you're going to have a female? We you might know, we, no, we might have a next election with Hillary Clinton, and I know again? she's she's doing all this nonsense about um, taking time off, spending time with family, whatever. But I think she's going to run. Yeah, be, it, because this is her last time. I think it would be great. Of course, uh, I mean it's really ridiculous that like like world noble leader is like female. Really, I mean um, there are here and there, but it's really few. You know, even Sweden, we always talk about it's so gender, uh, it's more liberal here, and blah blah blah. We never had a female. President, right? Uh, we don't have president. Because I mean, prime minister. Monarchy, yeah. Uh, and here's the funny thing: Israel, India, Pakistan—they all have women yeah, leaders. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. So, I mean, one of them was assassinated, but um, um, pretty gruelly as well. But um, all right. There was well, so many attempts, uh, but my father knew her. 
Yeah. Um, Better than Butto. Let's let's um, uh, if, if you don't mind, I I like little, talk a little bit about uh, uh, more about football later on. But a little bit before we finish this, then a little bit of Jabel background. Um, so you're you're born in Pakistan. Yeah, from um, Lahore, Pakistan. It's which is everyone tells me one of the most beautiful places in the planet. And uh, what? Why? I would say northern Pakistan, Kashmir. Kashmir. The the, the conflicted area. Yeah. The border between Pakistan and India. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lahore is straight on the border between mm-hmm. Pakistan and India, and that's up in the north in a area. Is there like a big lake or water in Lahore? No, it's the Indus River going through. I uh, see. Uh, on the other side, uh, it's uh, but it's on the border on north, and it's in an area called Punjab. Which is both in Pakistan and India. When they divided Pakistan and India back in '46, after the British left, it, it's been the same one country for ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been like small states, and then they divided mostly because of religious reasons. Because mm-hmm. the majority. In Pakistan. Wait, it wasn't '48? Yeah, '48. Yeah, 48, what did I say? '46. Oh, sorry, '48. Yeah, um, and and was divided mostly for re- religion reasons because the minority was Muslims, and they felt that if they made a country. They would be in complete minority because they were being slaughtered. And Bangladesh years. used to be part of India or Pakistan. It was East Pakistan because they were also Muslim in majority. But they separated. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it was unbearable after ten years. So I see. I mean, I would think seventy-three years later, seventy-three. I think they got okay. complete uh, autonomy. Um, so why 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 did your uh, family make a decision to move out of Pakistan? Well, nineteen seventy-nine, there was a uh, a coup. In the in the government, well, uh, ex-CIA agent, thank you very much, uh, Ziaul Haq, Haq, took the power, and he put his. What was what's the leader Zia still? No, 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 he died in a plane accident. Okay, yeah, thank right. God. Uh, and um, so there was a coup. It was a coup, and he hanged the old leader, Bhutto, which daughter later got assassinated as well, like thirty years later, uh, twenty years. Later. He, he was hanged because they said he was corrupted. Of on the street, mm-hmm. he was hanged, and then Pakistan became the most corrupted country. His, uh, I mean, Pakistan, India, Nigeria was for twenty years like in the top. Would you say? The and the country was basically run by the rich business people. Yeah, it was crazy. And they, I, no, ISI. Yeah, put in Sharia laws, Islamic mm-hmm. laws, like they did in Iran. Mm-hmm. And back then, they put it in so everybody who wasn't Muslim was in. You know, you couldn't speak anything about the government. My dad was active in uh, in Pakistan People's Party. Was um, was which was the Bhutto's side, mm-hmm. and uh, it was about more liberal reforms. They didn't want they want democracy and not sure. not like autonomy like he had. Uh, Ziaullah took he took dictatorship, military power. So he was he was a military general. Sorry, I maybe forgot to say that. And uh, so not, I remember my dad was a poet and openly agnostic. Uh, I mean, like an atheist. I mean, he he atheist agnostic. He didn't he wasn't a believer. Uh, he, he which, was, he, which is a very tough thing to do. That part of the world. Yeah, that part of the world is extre- extremely tough. You, in Afghanistan, if you if you declare uh, uh, atheist, it's punishable by death. Yeah, my, my dad was what you consider over there as a literal. Per- I mean, he was well read. He went to university sure. and stuff like that, and he was a poet, so he was respected in his kind of peers. But you don't mind saying your saying your dad's name? No, his name is uh, uh, Ahmed Fakir. You say it uh, Ahmed Fakir. Yeah. Okay. Ahmed Fakir, uh, and. Uh, so, so I think uh, so when when that happened, I think they stayed for a year because you might hope that things will change. Mm-hmm. But after a year, you realize that everybody's in danger here. We might actually get murdered. Uh, right. So then they sought an alternative place. And actually, my dad, when he was young, 
because the alternative was either the fascism or the communism. They used to be communists right. uh, in that area of the world, socialist, communist. And Sweden was a very, not communist country, but a very red country in yeah. the way of the political thought, socialism and stuff like that, equality. So he made a decision that you, you guys need to leave. He made a decision that we have to, and my family, my mom and dad made a decision, we have to leave, otherwise this might end really, really bad. I mean, he right. had friends that put, was put it into jail and stuff for nothing sure. because they was demonstrating against the leader and they put him in jail for years. And some people just disappeared. Some people died. Some, I mean, mm-hmm. regular stuff that happened in the dictator country. Unfortunately, they were backed by the United States and Reagan back then, later on. He was really great friends with Reagan, so they could really do whatever they wanted to do. Uh, like Just like Saddam Hussein did in Iraq. Mm-hmm. He was a great uh, ally of America as well in that time. So... So this is why the antagonism against the state started for these people who left. These, uh, I mean, literal people that educated, not the fanatic Muslims, I mean the people that are actually not Muslims that left these countries. We le- and he came to Sweden because it was what he thought looked like a great place. I mean, socially it is. I mean, for bringing up a family, he did a great And I'm choice. sure back then. But he never wanted to come. He, they never liked it. They've always wanted to go back, but they couldn't. They've, they've never wanted to stay here. Uh, in that way, they were adapted now after thirty years, and they're they're happy now. I mean, they're happy, but yeah. I'm sure know. I'm sure it wasn't easy. And it's the same story I heard. But from they us. did it for us. I yeah. mean, so I always have full respect uh, for that. That they sacrificed their life for the children. That's just so we we're eternally gratified for them. I mean, if if he says sell everything, give it all to me, I would. I mean, I I, I, I hear people say my dad owes me two thousand. I was like, what are you fucking insane? Mm-hmm. How the fuck can your dad owe you? You can never. You can all. You always in debt to your parents. Yeah. If they treated you well, which my parents have. So they they moved here, and uh, you were so young. You have very little recollection. Yeah, yeah. Right? I've been back to Pakistan. I think one, two, three, four times. Last time ten years ago. So yeah, I mean, I'm brought up here, of course. But in the house, we we spoke Urdu. In uh, we speak. We speak a lot of languages at home. We spoke Urdu is the national language of, of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Then we speak Punjabi, which is the language of the area. My, my dad is born, and my, we all are born, actually. My mother's originally from Kashmir, so she's completely white, and my dad is pretty dark, dark mm-hmm. which people find funny because she doesn't look Indian to them. Interesting. Very similar um, situation with uh, Russell Peters' parents. The mom is very fair, yeah. and the dad's dark. But, you, you know. Fair is com- yeah. considered very... I mean, the, when it, you can't see me at the moment, but when I go to some Pakistan Indian parties, they actually tell me like, "Oh, you're so tall and white." Yeah, and that's hysterical because I'm usually short as darkest guy in my class. Uh, so you just leave that party, go to your class again, mm-hmm. and you're short and dark again. But in that party, I was tall and white. You're so tall and white, and it's uh, and that's like you're good looking because I was fairer than some others. And you you grew up in Stockholm. Yeah, north of Stockholm. So what was it like? Do you? What was it like growing up in Stockholm? Very different in two places I grew up. First, I grew up from zero. I was three months old when I came to Sweden. So from that age to 10, 11, I lived in a place called Mashta, which is north. And that's a suburb with a lot of immigrants. Mm-hmm. But my dad wanted to move because he felt that the segregation was not good. He mm-hmm. didn't want us to live with only immigrants and be like in a segregated. Right. So he wanted us to like really have good education, stuff like that. So he moved a bit a bit closer to Stockholm, which is like a more predominantly white area. Okay. So from going to a class where 50% were dark, at least, to going to a class where I was me and two other people that were dark all of a sudden. So what, what was it like in that environment? Uh, first, it, it wasn't that bad at first at all because the class was really nice. Everybody was really mm-hmm. nice. I, I came into an area which everybody happened to be really nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, a few bull- bullying. At, um, and I was pretty 
confident while as young as well. I was pretty. I, I, I took the battles early. So, but the thing but, but, is, but you, fighting you, or whatever, I didn't. But care. eventually, there was a problem. Yeah, and then when you talk, was 12, that more 13, like in high school time? The problem started because it was a right wing wave in that area. So we had a lot of Nazis. Mm-hmm. I mean, skinhead Nazis with shoes, <laughs> shaved heads. Uh, you know, the whole package. The full, fully, fully Nazis in the early. But, but 90s. There's, there are lists of it now, right? There is like no open Nazis now, right? Really. right. Uh, but we have the other thing we t- that you talked about in your pod with the Swedish Democrats and some right wing base. But that back then in that area I lived, we had proper Nazis when I was like 12, 13. <laughs> yeah. So I went off the train yeah. and I, I'm, I'm, met, I'm met by eight Nazis. I mean, you kind of share your pants in the beginning, but you get used to how to handle it. Do they always try to beat people up? No, or? not at all. Uh, but they let they're you... They're pussies. Yeah. They're pussies. I mean, these guys were pussies. It was pro- these guys weren't Nazis because they were racist. They just ended up with some... It was weak, self-government. He needed to be in a group. Maybe somebody bullied them. It's a standard case. I mean, everybody yeah. who's a Nazi and racist, they're, most of them are just fucking confused and just they don't even know what the fuck's going on i don't think they think like genetically they were they haven't studied mm-hmm. i mean somebody told them this is wrong and say yeah you look at all these fucking gooks or fucking blacks or yeah. whatever the fuck their fucking problem is so i think that so when that happens but we did have like tear gas i had tear gas on my it was strict super illegal but i was like 12 years old but my brother got me tear gas he was 16 uh my sister was 20 so wait wait you guys got tear gassed Oh, you no, had a tear gas. I had tear gas in my pocket okay. every time, uh, like in f- uh, four years. We tell that to a Swedish person, they can't, they don't, they don't get it. They, they're shocked. They're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I was like, what you, what you, it was just simply for protection. What, what do you think? What the yeah. are you crazy? Do you think I'm gonna beat up eight guys? I was 12, 13. I mean, even if I'm 20, um, I, I would have taken these kind of precautions. Mm. Definitely, I don't care. It's illegal. But I'm did not you? Gonna, did you? Did I'm you, not gonna get slaughtered by racist cops. But, but did you? Um, that sounds redundant. Um, yeah. It's really bad here as well. You know, Sweden is the only West country, Western country, Western civilized country that doesn't have an external internal affairs. Their internal affairs are made up by their own cops. Is that, that right? That's hysterical. So in Sweden, whenever somebody says, yo, but you can say, I was like, there's no point. There's Compl- no point. Even if they do something bad. There's no point of me uh, calling them and saying, this cop made this, this wrong. This is his bad. There's no, no point. point. There's mm. no point. So even in Sweden, the, Unless, this of course, is the, one of the worst things in this society by far in Sweden is our police system, which for me I've offset for years, is organized legal mafia. It's legal mafia. It's exactly... I've had a restaurant for 10 years. They have come with the worst things you can say. Imagine saying, I'm pretty good at, at semantically talking and pragmatic talking to them in Swedish. I don't, I, I, I don't have a broken Swedish. I speak... If you talk to me on the phone, it's impossible for you to see I'm dark. Uh, you can't see it, but here. So I'm pragmatic with them, and, and I've, I've dealt with them for so many years. So they can't reduce, because I haven't done nothing wrong. Right. But I've been in a situation which are fucked up. We're talking Swedish. This is not a Swedish person. Like somebody just grabbed me from the back, pushed me up the McDonald's wall. It's like, do you have a cap on? Do you have a cap on? And I turn around, it's a fucking cop holding me, a huge cop. I said, what the fuck are you doing? I, had a, I just had a... Uh, I had a jacket with with a hoodie, yeah, mm-hmm. and it looked like a cap. He was like, "Oh, you don't have a cap." I was like, "What the fuck?" He was like, "I was looking for somebody with a cap." I was like, "You were looking for a, you were looking for what well, in in America would translate? You were lo- looking for a nigger in a cap? Is mm-hmm. that what you were looking for?" He was like, I, "I I don't know what to talk." I was like, "What's your bad number?" He was like, "Forget it," and he walked. 
by law he has to show me bad number didn't this is one of maybe 100 examples yeah that when we were kids but when only preco- uh, well, only only thing that really protects you is if you have a video camera and you film something like that it's the, the you know if, if there's a footage of cop misbehaving internal affair or no affair they will get in trouble won't they <sighs> no it's a good example this is a good example. It's, it's crazy. This is crazy. You know you can understand. Because I hate this fucking abuse. There's a show. Mm-hmm. It's like cops. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's like cops. So they're sitting undercover. And there's a couple of cops sitting in a car waiting for a bust. Mm-hmm. This is south of Sweden school on that. This is like 10 years ago. Like a, like a Malma area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of foreigners there that are coming. And they are saying in, 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 in Malmö Swedish, like... And that means monkey shits. These mm-hmm. monkeys. Monkeys. Monkey fucks. I mean, Yavlar is, is you know, shit. And you say Yavlar. And, monk, and Apa is, is monkey ape. So he's calling them monkey shit. The cops are. Yeah, all the foreigners. Like these, these apes, these fucking apes, these yeah. fucking apes, these monkeys, monkeys, apes. And there's a video footage of that? Do you know, the video footage was used in a trial case, mm-hmm. not for them being racist. But for showing what these immigrants were doing, mm-hmm. these foreigners, yeah. and in this video, they're saying, "Hey, and people are like, what the fuck is going on? Is the cop calling them, you know, monkey all the time?" Yeah. They take this up. They not. They do get like prosecuted. Nothing happens. In month later, a cop has uh, a, a a cop uh, actually um, a, a regular person gets into court because a cop. He's filing a charge against that guy because he called him a pig. Or nuff nuff. He said nuff nuff with his sweet name, oink oink. And he got in trouble for that. He got in trouble for that. He called him oink oink. He got in trouble. He called the cop oink oink. I mean, in Swedish is nuff nuff. We say that pig goes nuff nuff in Swedish. Nuff. Wait, like in Chris, nuff nuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Very yeah. funny comedian. Yeah, yeah. That's in your face, Chris. Oh, but, uh, but yeah. And he got, but they called the monkey. So we always joked when people from school and they say, and they talk about foreigners, we always say, oh yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah. That they call us monkeys because it's, the cop did this. Yeah. The cop, the fucking cop did to protect me or sitting calling me a monkey. So he doesn't even know. That happens to me many times that we, somebody's done something in a restaurant or something and they come to me and talk to me like I've done something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but wait a minute, we called you. Yeah. I, I have some examples, you know. I like those examples because... They're not going to win when I haven't done anything wrong. It's just abuse. That you don't yeah. like the abuse, of course. But uh, And people say that, well, as long as you haven't done anything, blah, 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 fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? As long as you haven't done anything, screw people, you. People who say that because they never had pl- problem police. Exactly. Whether you did something good or bad, you know. It's usually... Mm-hmm. Usually male people because they've never been degraded as. as I, I don't want to say all cops are bad because I've had a wonderful experience too. But of course not all cops are but, bad. Of course not. But but generally all cops are bad. <laughs> but it's human nature, right? If you don't have some kind of checking mechanism, like if you don't have internal affair, because you know that comic book Watcher. Who's watching the Watcher? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. They're not. They're human beings. So I mean, they're going simple, to. Of, I have. I. I understandable reasons why the mm. cops. I mean, they do maybe all the crimes to see. They see everybody's a foreigner. It's a social economic reason for me. I think mm-hmm. uh, why blacks or foreigners in different country because they get a lower class usually. Sure. And, and they're desperate. Effect, they're desperate and stuff and all stuff like that. The the outside of society, whatever. 
I think the reasons for everything, and of course the reason they're cop for cops as well, but if you don't even have an internal affair who can check and see if they do, because, you know, it's glorified in Hollywood, in movies. A cop gets killed, you got to get that cop killer. Yeah. And everybody's like, come on, John, come on, Terry, come on, Benny. We're going to get this motherfucker. And everybody, everybody, drop everything. You drop all their other cases. Sure. Your mother's been murdered and the whole family, but you'll drop that case because Johnny got shot in the foot. Right. And he's a cop. So it's glorified in all of the world, especially through American movies and British movies, that, you know, cops got to protect each other. Right. Why the fuck is your life more? I know that you're doing a job, you're putting a line on fire and blah, blah, blah. But you can't protect you when you do wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do something wrong, your friend will be, all right, I won't. Admit I'm not stupid. They won't fucking, because you know, there's like documentary and, and stories about that some cops actually go against your own because they've done wrong. Mm-hmm. And then they get ostracized right. by all the other cops. Because then they see them, him as a snitch. They see him as criminals, he's snitch. So cops behave in a similar way as criminals do, <laughs> which is kind of fucked up. And, and and if you saw the clip from L.A. riots when uh, uh, Rodney King was getting beat up, oh, yeah, th- yeah. there was one or two black cops. They just look away and didn't be, they, they didn't say anything. Or they tried to prevent the white cop from beating him up because mm-hmm. it's a group mentality. And, yeah. You know, when you're mad, you most of us, when we're angry, we don't make a good decisions, you know. No. And um, cops become a I don't think vigilant. Men, most men doesn't make good decisions anyway. So. Yeah. Um. So it's tough, but you know, I I talk very little to your brother, but you guys seem even with all the I have older sister as well, uh, of whom I have not met. No, we're but, very close actually. She's from London. She lives in London. Um, but you know, you guys, re- you know, your parents made a lot of sacrifice. You and your brother worked really, really hard. And my mother had a restaurant business. And I used to work in it, and uh, I I'm not gonna lie to you, I really hated it because it's it's not an easy job, and no. you're dealing with angry, hungry people. And, um, you know, you really, really worked hard and you have a very successful two restaurants right I'm, now. I think yeah. I'm just in a good spot now where I, because I'm, I wouldn't be able to work like I worked for the last mm-hmm. 10 years continuously because I don't think nobody can do that. I mean, we work like 16 hours a day, like seven days a week for sure. a, while, a couple of years. But but now I just have the uh, of the great side that as long as I get stand-up gigs, I don't have to work in the restaurant that much. I could just take care of the business. Right. Uh, so so far so good. So this is great. So you you have a successful restaurant. I met uh, most of the people working there. Very nice people. Um, and um, you're making this transition. You get into show business. And was was your parents pretty supportive when you were starting comedy? Yeah, my my dad is as I said a poet. Poet. So, so he really he always. It's wished... not that big of a jump jump, isn't it? No, it's poet and comic. No, I mean and especially I mean basically my dad's side. It, it's a bit, I mean, I don't have some of those problems that maybe some people have in these areas. Right. Because traditionally, my, my dad's family, they're mostly artists. All mm-hmm. of them. Uh, they do like all kind of artistry. And my. But heavily in, into political things in their no, artwork? No, with my dad mostly it was. Uh-huh. Not his brothers. Uh, and my, like my oldest uncle, he's, five, he's got six daughters. And all of them are studied and work with art and all the husbands work with art. I see. So it's very liberal kind of side for us. I mean, mm-hmm. they know that I got tattoos. I'm yeah. not religious. They're religious, but not he- not like hardcore. Like, right, right. Yeah. And they know I'm not. It's no problem at all. I mean, when we talk, it's sure. something about that. So, so I think for us, that was easy. Uh, and stand up, you know, I think he was just glad it, glad it was artistry. He wanted somebody. He said it later. He wanted somebody. He, it was a big, big wish for him that somebody was would, would go for arts. 
like yeah. in any sort, acting or painting or singing. He sang as well, my dad. He was a pretty good singer, and nobody else could sing. But you, do you, do you, but do you realize how unusual that is? Because most of the Pakistani, I hell think, yeah, I think your dad is the first person ever to say something like that. Yeah, but we, but as I said, we in, even in Stockholm, uh, a lot of people said they were they were like fugitives, but mostly they weren't because they were religiously Muslim, so mm-hmm. they didn't let really flee from war because it was like wasn't like a big open war because uh, Pakistan India was mostly just a cold war mostly, sure. uh, and. So it was different here as well. Hell, yeah, it was different here as well uh, for us a little bit. But I, f- I find it extremely liberating. We didn't have relatives in Sweden, which many people would. When you're older, you find it fine, nice to have relatives. But sure. when I'm young, it was great. Because here, every other Pakistani was a watchdog. Because even if my Pakistani... Wait, wait, wait what, what does that mean, watchdog? I mean, they're, if you out and you talk to somebody, they'll tell your parents and blah, blah. It's a really oh. good, Somebody smoking, drinking, meeting a girl. Whatever. Because even if my parents were liberal for being Pakistani... And not being Muslim and not being like you can choose whatever you want to do with your life, kind of. They were still very strict. I mm-hmm. mean, school came hard. I mean, it was like we have to be best in your class all the time. So it wasn't like go do anything you want. Be a doctor or be a greatest artist or be a, like an astronaut or whatever, chemical engineer. I mean, they were very strict on that. I mean, my dad didn't even introduce us to arts. And I made me really, I mean, he was an artist. I told him, I was like, what the hell's going on? He was like, yeah, because it was more important with education. Sure. And even he was being an artist. So, so he was still strict in that way. And we, I didn't have the things our Swedish friends have. No way. I took those liberties, I mean, through age and time. And we had difficulties as well. They couldn't accept some of the facts. But, but even, now they do. But even, even with the, you know, these problems you face, and I've only been there a little over two weeks, and this is my third time here, fourth time. Overall, it's great to live in Sweden. Uh, wouldn't you say? I mean, it yeah, may, uh, it's, it's, me, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to beat. Uh, Everybody complain where they're from. We always say Sweden, but you know, the weather is it, is a downhill. Yeah, of course, yeah. It, it is. It is because. But at least it's downhill for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're poor, it's just, you know. But we know in the winter, one thing that people forget, it's so dark and stuff. Nobody really does everything, but it gets really efficient. I mean, everybody works. So because that's really what you want to do. There's not much else to do. You can't just sit in the beach. No. Uh, either you go out drinking or sit at home and watch a movie or something, or you work. So basically, people work hard during the winters. Uh, so the time flies by, and you're completely efficient the rest of the year. Did you know that Microsoft was made, uh, first office was in New Mexico, but the weather's too nice. So Bill Gates convinced Paul Allen to move Microsoft to Seattle Great. because it rains all the time, Seattle, yeah. and people want to stay in office and uh, work all the time. So I could understand. And yeah. when it's miserable like this, you want to pass the time by doing something. And obviously, work can kill a lot of time. You know, it's uh, not only that. I mean, I get stressed when sometimes I'm in Spain uh, or Greece and Italy, Portugal, whatever. Because first of all, I feel Northern European. I mean, the way I think and the sure. way I act is more Northern European than than Indian or or Southern or whatever. And they have a different attitude about work down there. No, it's not about only about that. But and I get ADHD as well. Yeah. So I, I don't really like to just do nothing. I want to keep me occupied with something. Yeah. yeah I can't just sit and stare in a while or read something or mm-hmm. watch something, whatever. So I get stressed sometimes as people just you know just chilling and it's not efficient like. Was I was a friend's house in Galit, a great area of Spain, uh, s- southern Spain, and um, we just and in in her fucking house. Yeah. You walk on, you walk like it's just towards the garage. In the middle, there's like a brick stone, has no function. 
no function. The only function it has is to kill you mm-hmm. because you might trip on it. I tripped on it six, seven times. I couldn't fuck it because it was the wor- worst place. Maybe I'm an idiot tripped on all the time, but I was like, what the fuck is that there? She was like, yeah, I don't know. Like in Sweden or in Germany, there'll be a pole making no sense. Mm-hmm. They'll cut it off in 12 seconds. Like, it's like, just get it off. We need to do something to occupy. Just, they will just sit there. It's really warm. It's fucking nice. Yeah. You have a spliff in your hand and you're done. Uh, and you get lazy when it's warm. I mean, I hate when it's too hot. 40 degrees Celsius, 30. It's crazy. That's like 110 Fahrenheit. What the fuck? You can't do any. You can't do any work done. It's too warm. I remember I lived in Alabama a couple of hours, Birmingham, Alabama. When I was 16, 17. And uh, I remember we. I used to work with my uncle in his in his shop. And I used to be inside because the AC was. As soon as you went outside, it was so warm. And one day he said, you know, because he really wanted to make me a man. He was a tough motherfucker, that one. He drove me fucking insane like a slave. So he took me out one day with two other guys. And he said, yeah, we're going to go. And this there's another shop that has been closed for like two years. Mm-hmm. It's just overgrown. Everything is overgrown in the back. Trees and fucking bushes. Yeah. So we go to the weed. This, this is still in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, and this it's so hot. I've never felt this heat in my entire life. It's humid. It's yeah. in the middle of the summer. And, you know, we work for maybe 10 minutes. I'm thinking I'm going to fucking faint. I mean, it was so inefficient. Everybody was sitting there with water, coolers, towels. You could, I mean, in Sweden, in the winter, you want to work because it's cold. You got to keep, keep it going. So I think that it tends to slow you down. You slow well, down. What, what's it like when you go back to Pakistan, the weather? It's it's gotta be hot. Most I've never time. been in the summer. Oh, you haven't. Never. Okay. I'm never gonna go in the summer. Yeah. There's just no point. My my parents have gone there once or twice because uh, of reasons like their friend passed away something or something. To do yeah, with something the family, happened. Yeah. yeah. So they went in the summer. No, my mother said she was. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I can't do this anymore. I've lived in Sweden for too long. I mean, she said she took like five showers a day. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you sweat like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so and you have to understand Lahore is like a. I think it's like. Eight nine million people, oh. you know, and it's fucking warm and it's tight, poor, mm-hmm. dirty. I mean, it's not piss poor, but it's still poorer than right. like London or Stockholm or whatever. Do you ever wonder what what was your life would have been like in Pakistan if you lived? Yeah, yeah, it would have been not good. No, first of all, if we would have stayed, I think something bad would happen to my dad. Yeah, uh, or at least not getting a job. Whatever, so I think it, that would have been tough. I don't think I would have the same kind of mindset I would right now. Sure. Even if I think at, at an early age, I was maybe a bit different. My brother and sister, when it comes to like rebelling, mm-hmm. uh, whenever I felt that something was wrong, I just completely rebelled. Doesn't matter. I was at home. I was really, really annoying. I think. Um, and so you know, if somebody bullied somebody. I would really I always had a fight with that. So I didn't like yeah. that at all. Uh, maybe that wouldn't have been in Pakistan. I probably would have been religious. Yeah, I'm sure. I guess. Or there's going to be a lot of pressure to you to become religious. Yeah, maybe not from my dad, but mm. from everybody else. Everybody else, sure. Uh, and maybe I would have like not been hardcore religious. But you never know. Maybe my mindset, because I'm quite obstinate sometimes mm-hmm. and stuff, maybe I would have become like a zealot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just completely into it. Uh, you never know. I mean, it's really hard to predict. I don't know how many times I've been back to Japan, but I have to say... I, I'm very grateful, even with all the problems I had growing up in states. I I I I'm a happier person living. Oh in the states. hell yeah, hell yeah! I sometimes wonder why my parents didn't go to England, but because it would have been easier for them because the Indian population, Pakistan Indian population, is so big. 
they would just slot at home and wouldn't have these adjustments. I, I think I think you you would have probably had a rougher time. I think I think the kids would have been rougher in England. <laughs> but I've, I've been to England so many times. I've been to England maybe mm-hmm. seriously fifty times. I mean, I we used to go. My mother used to work for SAS when we were kids. The airlines, yeah, yeah. So the the payment was a bit poorer than usual work, but you flew so, so cheap, much. yeah, so cheap. We flew standby tickets everywhere in the world, ten percent of the price. So that's ninety percent discount. Yeah. So we flew everywhere when we were kids. Unfortunately, I was so young, so it's not as fun as we were doing now. We're yeah. Amazing. Go to Amsterdam for twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, go to China for hundred bucks. I mean, I would go every weekend. Sure. So, so, but we, but we didn't have any relatives in Sweden. We had in England. My aunt lived in Manchester. My mother's sister. So is this where the love of football comes from? Going to England, or did you already have it when you were uh, here? Football is big in Sweden as well. But I liked hockey when I was a kid. You like what? I liked hockey as well when I was a kid. You did? Yeah, I loved hockey when I was a kid. Oh, that's right. It's a big sport here. What yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, I used to follow NHL when I was a kid as well mm-hmm. until I was like twelve, at fourteen, fifteen maybe, and then I completely kind of stopped. Uh, but yeah, I used to watch when I was like eight. I think I watched more hockey than football. You know, I met. Uh, What's his name? Nicholas Lindstrom? I was at Peter Forsberg. I was the MC at Peter Forsberg's 40 year old birthday at his house. Mm-hmm. I was, I've was. i stayed over because I know his girlfriend. And there I met... Uh, 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 what What the fuck is this guy? Nicholas Lindstrom? The, ni- ni- uh, ni- uh, the fucking... What the fuck is going... Matthias Naslund, Naslund, he's like a big fucking scorer as well. Samuelsson, the goalkeeper, played for mm-hmm. NHL. By the way, Nicholas Lindstrom was captain for Detroit. Yeah, Wind he Wind was Wind fucking and, uh, a legend. He won multiple, if I remember, uh, NHL um, Stanley Cups, and yeah. uh, he was there with uh, Osgood, uh, who was a goalie for them at Tonight Show. And I didn't know, I didn't know um, anything about hockey. But he couldn't be a nicer guy. No, all of them are. He, crazy. Not only did he take take picture with me, but he let me grab the Stanley Cup. Wonderful. I, I, ever since then, I've been a Detroit Red fan. These guys, uh, mm-hmm. Swedish guys in 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 uh, in NHL, mm-hmm. they usually come from small, small, small place up in north. Mm-hmm. Like Peter Forsberg comes from a place called Örvik and Kalsvik, and he's the most humble, mm-hmm. almost timid guy I've ever met. Which team does he play now? Philly or? He used to play for. Philly. I mean, he's one of the biggest legends in mm-hmm. NHL. Peter Forsberg. He's considered the best foreign expert ever import in NHL. Mm. I mean, he was huge. Mm-hmm. He's one of the like all of uh, like all uh, Hall of Fame yeah. players in the NHL. So when you talk to Americans, Canadians who like hockey, they get oh fuck, you know. So there were so no, he was uh, all of them were. I didn't know that was uh, some of the guys that were there with big hockey players. I didn't know, and I was the MC, kind of the the party uh, mm-hmm. planet. It started raining, so I was like telling people, "You get that, you get that, you get that," because we used to. Re- and apparently it was the biggest NHL stars who just running like fucking my, my butlers. I was like, do you need this? I was like, yeah, put it over there. I didn't know they were them. But just the way they acted, you couldn't tell at that party that these guys were billionaires. Yeah. It was just so incredibly humble. So these some of the hockey guys I met as well. Matt Sundin actually lived a couple of hundred meters where I grew up. Wow. Just a couple of, one of my father's... Uh, uh, Please don't use meters. It means nothing but to my... I have no <laughs> idea what the yards are. <laughs> I know. Shit. I'm uh, think this: a tall guy is two meters. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm I'm 183 or 184. How do you do in um, when it's like Olympics, 100 meters hurdles? How much is that? How much is 100 meter? How much? Do, 
Usain Bolt has a world record, right? Yeah, the Jamaican. Yeah. Yeah. On what distance? I think 100 meter. Yeah, but you don't know how much that is. No, I have no idea. So what the fuck? That doesn't tell you anything. That doesn't tell you anything. I just followed the black guys running really fast. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so you have uh, no idea when you say that 100 meters. No, like yesterday I went to see Your your system is retarded. This is retarded. The metric system is the only logical system. Everything is retarded. You know, you know the only people 612? What the fuck's going on? What 612? What does that no, mean? No, wait, wait, English people do that like oh, you're 6 feet 12 inches. 12? And then it goes to 7. First of all, 6 feet 12 inches, 7 feet. 7 whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 611 then. Yeah. 611. What the, what do you mean 11? 69 and then Here's the thing. Only people that know metric system in the states are usually scientists or gun nuts and drug dealers. Because yeah. every for some reason, the drugs are because like everything in, to do with science really yeah. has adopted the metric system mm -hmm. because there is no other logic way to do. I it. mean, believe me, I wish I grew up because it's a headache for us. But only in the states to, to explain and, it uh, England. To explain it easily to people. Uh, the easiest way to explain the metric system is it's based on the same system as you have your currency cent. I mean. Yeah, one percent. Why you say percent? Cent means a hundred, a part of a hundred. Yeah, one cent. Yeah, one. Deci means a tenth. Uh, so, so it's easy. like decimate means killing one out of ten people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> because it really doesn't. But, 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 but so it's easy. Like hundred centimeters is one meter. Hundred meter is one kilometer. Ideal, this is not a science podcast. We get it. I know. Well, what's, uh, I'm, not against, e I'm not it's easy. It's I, I'm good. not. I'm not against it. But when, when you guys say Celsius distance, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I don't know Fahrenheit too well either. But um, but there are apps now though. You can just fucking so translate it. Um, you know, I th this is the first one I'm going to be um, airing, and there's a couple other ones I've already done, and I I, I uh, talked about some of the problem in Sweden. It, it's not because I don't like the country. I love this place. People are wonderful. And uh, I want to, you know, use a couple other episodes talking about the wonderful things too. But really, Scandinavia and Sweden, which is part of it, always, always rank, always in like top 10 in the world for so many good things. Unemployment, access to education, how women are treated. Um, uh, you know, it's just how you take care of kids, on and on. It's 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 great. So, if 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 we yeah, but the funny part is they mm -hmm. build their richdom of being passive in the Second World War, basically helping the Germans. Mm -hmm. The whole of Europe w fell into ruins uh, in, after Second World War. Of course, every country was bombed. Germany is bombed out of hell. Right. France, England, everything was bombed except for Sweden and, and Switzerland because they were neutral. But we let German pass our ground to into uh, Norway. Yeah, and yeah. we and we gave them a lot of iron and stuff like that. Sure. Just be neutral. So after the war, we had everything intact, and everybody was in ruins. Sure. So we just started exporting and importing whatever. So that they built a lot of the richdom on maybe not such a noble cause. And you know, Sweden is a well-educated workforce. Have many wonderful. Uh, uh, They're companies. overrepresented in most things. Yeah. Like Nobel Prize winners, or, or I mean, Alfred Nobel was from Sweden. Sure. Uh, Skype, Spotify, Bobo. A huge Am amount I saying of this right? Is it? How do you guys say IKEA? Dynamite, IKEA. IKEA. And which shocked me as a kid, because I always thought IKEA, the way we say it, I always thought that was Japanese company, because oh, okay, it, okay. it, it does sound like Japanese. Yeah, you know? it's, it reminds of what you thought about Japanese efficiency or whatever, mm. but so annoying you have to build your own shit but it's so cheap it's yeah just, it's so I mean, cheap even in Sweden when you, when you say like oh IKEA it's not the best quality it's, but I have stuff from IKEA that lasted for years, years. Yeah. 20 years by, this couch is from IKEA 
Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, and, and I had it for 10 years easily, and nothing is wrong with it. Uh, you can still go for another 20, 30 years. Hell yeah. I mean, so, so, but, and it's just, you can't compare it. When mm-hmm. sometimes we take a table from IKEA, it costs 500 crowns, and then someplace else it costs like 4,000. I mean, the Wait, difference. 500 is, crowns. No, I'm, no, I'll just give an example. The that's thing not is, even, that's a uh, like hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, but I, I could say that like, it could be like four times as much mm-hmm. for similar things. And you know, and you move into a new apartment, you're young, 22, you don't have a hundred grand. You maybe have like $300 to move with or yeah. something. Uh, so what are you going to get? You need a table, you need a television set, you need just buy all this shit over there. It's cheap. Right. Well, um, you know, I still have about. How big is it in the States? What? How popular is IKEA in the States? Kansas? Uh, IKEA. How, Ike- how popular is it in the States? It's very popular. Is it, I mean, is it like extremely popular? Like, like in Sweden, most homes have IKEA. Yeah. Nothing really pops to me competing with it, to me. Sure. It's the most affordable, sensible thing to get. So, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I, and I, he was a fucking Nazi, you see? <laughs> But mo- I don't think I don't necessarily think most Americans know that it's a Swedish, you know the, you Swedish know, company. You know the founder Ingvar Kamprad was no. in, in the Nazi party. The creator of IKEA. Yeah, Ingvar uh, Kamprad. He's been really criticized IKEA in Sweden for that. It, it's 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 interesting because you know I, I love that book, The Girl with Dragon Tattoo with uh, Stieg Larsson and yeah. um, guys like him, and there's many other. Um, crime writers in Scandinavia because Scandinavia always you know people are saying wonderful things about it you know how people live and things like high that high suicide but guy Sweden like Sweden Finland is high suicide rates in the world and then Steve Larsen will cover those dark subject matter that maybe the Swedes and other Scandinavians don't talk about but you know it doesn't matter where you're at there's good things about Afghanistan too and believe me there's uh, bad things about Sweden too of course you know? I mean that I mean it depends what you're looking for in a country it's good yeah. and bad things and everything for me what's so good in Sweden is if you have like a family we feel, you feel safe in Sweden I mean of course it can be like when we were young Nazis here and there and now but generally when I go out on the street I don't have the least thought mm-hmm. that I'm gonna get in a fight or get robbed that no. doesn't even doesn't even str- I know so many people who's never ever landed a punch, either on themselves or somebody else. Never it, ever. And even when I go Stockholm Central, Stockholm <laughs> Central Station, I've been to Central Stations in places like uh, Frankfurt and Amsterdam. Boy, they definitely have a questionable-looking people. But uh, you know, Stockholm is so clean and safe. I've never had a problem. Only time I was a little concerned is sometimes you see a group of guys drunk. That's, you know, and, and this is not like a Swedish thing. Whenever there's a group of drunk guys, you, yeah, just, yeah. Ne- you just never know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, last week I told you when I was walking to 7-Eleven, there was a guy pissing in the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweden tend to look, they're very passive-aggressive uh, and they don't, they're a little shyer than other people, especially in the winter. Not in the summer, they're pretty open in the summer. But in, in, in the winter, they might not talk, talk that much, but when they drink and... The, the tradition in Sweden, we don't drink on weekdays like Spain and France, just a mm-hmm. little bit here and there. They drink on Friday when they're off work. They go out on a bender. Wait, did, I don't know if this makes sense, but during the show yesterday, they said something about Wednesday being Little Saturday. Yeah, it's the kind of thing you say in Sweden. You call, it, you, you call it Little Saturday? Yeah, Little Lord of Swedish, yeah. Why, why is it called Little Saturday? Some just, mostly restaurant people used to go out on Wednesdays. Just huh. fa- phrase the term. So people are more festive on Wednesdays? No, not, not, not really. 
I mean, not by, more than Monday to Tuesday, mm-hmm. but Thursday, I would say, is equal to Wednesday. I see. So what's that, little Friday? <laughs> uh, um, so, so, yeah. So I think they tend, when they drink, they tend to go out. Well, we, you know, we, we cover a little bit about your background. We talk a lot about football. Um, is there, you know, before we finish, is there anything that you like to talk more down, down the road? Because I don't, I don't have to host it. You know, I want to give you a chance to, um, if you have a subject matter you want to talk about, you could. Plenty of subject. Uh, I actually like. Uh, I mean, me and Aaron are going to do our podcast, mm-hmm. and we're going to mainly, we're going to do it in English, and we mainly want to talk about, you know, especially how is it is as a European being in the states and vice versa, mm-hmm. and maybe trying to open up. Cause uh, you're, because you're 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 coming the, to LA same time I'm going back. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, my problem mm-hmm. is when you go to different countries, there's so weird preconceptions of other countries. Like this, the Russians are this, the Swedes yeah. are that, the Italians are that. But, well, but what does the most Swedes think to, think about the Americans, though? To be honest, uh, to be completely honest, I would say what I what I generally think is the Americans I meet outside of America are usually the nicest people mm-hmm. ever. Uh, usually very nice, very polite, usually pretty well educated and well traveled. Because the people who because left those are America, the only ones are the only one that usually leave the country. Yeah, they're the one who leaves, uh, really wants to find, and and they have a really nice. And that's why I say, like, when you meet Americans, usually traveling, they're usually so fucking, you know, you're so polite usually mm-hmm. in your society, um, because it's a part of you. Mm-hmm. You have to be a salesman, you have to be polite. Uh, but other what people say about America is usually that it's great city, a uh, great place. New York is a great city. L.A. is a great For city. For sure. They like going to America. They really like it. But generally, they think that people are a bit stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that generally. It's because of the fact that there's so many situations when you go there and you say that you're like from Sweden or Europe and they tend to have no idea what you're talking about. I have uh, to explain the, to my some of my relatives and friends like they have a hard time knowing the difference between Sweden and Switzerland. Which is crazy. Austria it's a joke and, in Sweden. Austria and Australia. They can't tell the difference between Washington D.C. and Washington State. So you know, I. If you really want to know the difference, it's not that difficult. You just have to make an effort. No, I think seriously, I'm. I'm. I don't want to put anybody down. Maybe it was me. I was interested in geography and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But when I was nine, ten, mm-hmm. I basically knew all the big countries in the world and the, and their and their and the capitals. I mean, sure. the big. I mean, maybe not like the smallest sure. place here and there, but it's still new. Because I was interested, so I knew a lot of states in in America. Like as well. me, I you can't I, I can't tell you all the big ones, but like Stockholm, Gothenburg, and Mama, and things like that. You it's should not- know the major, those big ones, you know. Yeah. But if you tell me like northern, smallest town, I can possibly tell you, you know. No, but uh, it's just uh, if you if you come into states, you you don't have to know all the little shitty towns. But you should know things like San Francisco, Chicago, DC, New know, York, I mean, Boston. I think when you go to states, you should know, you know what. Uh, and roundabouts where mm-hmm. Texas is, where the Southwest is, Southeast, at least. You should know where the where the states kind of are. Sure. I mean, kind of, at least on the East Coast and West Coast, where we usually tend to travel, I mean, as European. So you should know a little bit about that. We do know a little bit about that. But we get more from, from I think it's easier for us because we watch American movies and listen to American music. And it's for sure. You, guys, you don't do it as much as we do yours. And for sure, you guys... Let's be honest. More people outside of country know more about America than we know about. Hell yeah. That, yeah. But you've been the biggest big, exporter of pop and culture for mm-hmm. a long time. So I think Swedish people really like generally to go to state. They all, all think it's really cool. But 
as we talked about before, that maybe politically we don't agree with your foreign policies. Well, believe me, uh, I've said this before too. Most Americans don't agree with their government's policies yeah, either. That, that we, we talked about this before uh, one time, you and me, but it, it's really like that. People in Europe and stuff don't hate America because all of our music, culture, mm -hmm. influence is from America. Yeah. So that's really totally illogical to hate it. Uh, what they don't like is some of the aspects, but that's the same in every place. You yeah. don't like every aspect of any country. The I don't like some aspects of it. I don't like in Italy when I go there, it feels like you're being followed by a group of racists. I mean, when they find out you're not like Southern European, that's not a nice feeling. That's not a that's not a good thing. But the pizzas are great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think to be frank, I think ignorance goes travels all over the world. Hell yeah. But only difference is. We have so much power, so when we make a dumb decision, yeah, you guys feel it. Yeah. That's that's the where the resentment that's comes true. from. That's true, actually. And it's true. Because if you guys do something stupid in Sweden, it doesn't necessarily ripple down to USA. It's true. So believe me, I, that I understand. Um, I I just want people to give uh, uh, Americans. There are very thoughtful groups of people, and they're frustrated too. But of believe course. me. Many of the Americans do. I'm just saying, you ask me what people generally think. Yeah, yeah. But many many of the Americans travel overseas. I think a very good example of a, a, a quasi-ambassador for the country. And um, I have a very weird story. I have a person who told me, that, oh, you could tell, last time I was in LA, was like, aren't they really stupid in America? I was like, no, I was like, it's not like that. You meet stupid people everywhere. It's right. just depending who you talk to. If you talk to like some somebody that apparently not interested at all what you like, you'll find them stupid and mm -hmm. vice versa. Uh, so I was like, no, it's not. It was like, yeah, but I think they're stupid. I was like, no, I've heard this stupid. I was like, no, it's not like that at all. So, <laughs> so we flew me and my friend Ahmed Baram first to London, and from London went to America. And the first thing that happened when we landed in America was one of the stupid, most stupid things I've ever heard. The pilot has been totally normal during the mm -hmm. entire entire time, but we just landed in the states. That's just I don't know if that made him say something stupid because the first thing he said, he said, "Thank you for flying American Airlines." The person who needed wheelchair assistant, please be seated in your seat. Yeah. I thought, where the fuck do you think he's going? Oh, I know. He's you need a wheelchair. You're going to jump out and crawl out of the fucking airplane? It's just, it's just so weird. We started laughing. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? And nobody reacted, but me and Akman were just laughing. So I was like, what the fuck was that? It was so weird. Uh, so, um, like I said, I've been here two weeks now. I still have 70 days. So I want to do more uh, podcasts with you and Aaron, and uh, I'm looking forward to going back to the states and and uh, do podcasts with you. And I want to help you meet the other podcasts. But yeah, just uh, thanks for letting me stay here and um, no show me all the comedy stuff. And I'm picking up, you know, a little bit of a. You're gigging tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm meeting other people in the country, and it's it's been really fun. Uh, I'm picking up a lot of stuff, a lot of things that I I I find are really interesting. A lot of things that are good. There's other things that are really puzzling, and <laughs> and uh, I have to say, not having internal affair for police is very troubling. Oh uh, shit, that's the worst. It's, it's, that's it's, my it's, biggest critique towards that society. That, that um that's very questionable because um. It's crazy. It's not quite. It's crazy. Yeah, it's because if I'm if I'm in position, and they say of, Americans are stupid, how stupid is this? You know, and and, and it's not like I'm above problems. You know, if I was in the same position as a cop or something, I mean, believe me, I'm 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 tempted to corruption too, like anybody else. So of course, I mean, ah, forget about it. Everybody. But knows we'll, we'll talk Everybody more. knows it's insane. So, um, 
All right. Well, I, I'm having a fantastic time and um, still got 70 days. I'm traveling to Germany and Netherlands and I'm going to Denmark for a couple Great days. Great places. I like Germany and Holland. And uh, I'm Do you know why it's called Netherlands and Holland? Holland is one of the provinces. Yeah, it's actually two of the provinces. Mm -hmm. Also, Holland. good. And uh, in, in in Japan, we we we, uh, we I don't remember the origin, but we call the Dutch Orlando. Yeah, uh, after the carrot thing I told you the other day. Yeah, orange. And um, the Dutch. You you don't say orangeru? No, orangey. Orangeru. Um. The Dutch had an interesting impact in Japan because uh, you, if you go to Nagasaki, there's a little place called Little Dutchland. Yeah, why? They, because there was a time when the Spanish and Netherlands and other major European countries were going war, and um, um, the Pope separated the world two parts, and Spanish owned many of the Latin American countries, but many of the Asian countries as well, uh, if I remember right. Yeah. But Spanish and Dutch arrived Japan early on. So the Dutch and Spanish were kind of fighting over Asia and Japan. And it's it's um, it's called Dutch learning. To be a well-educated person uh, back then in Japan, learning Dutch was necessary. In fact, there's a great movie called uh, Red Beer by Akira Kurosawa. And oh, it's great. It's a great movie. And he, yeah, he's great. Uh, Kurosawa and Toshiro Mihume play the doctor, Red Beer. And um, the reason why they call him Red Beer because back then many Japanese Dutch always had a red beer. And if you want to be scientific and learning modern uh, medicine technology, you have to learn um, Dutch language, things like that. So if you go like like the 1800s, late 18 mid to late 1800s, there's many Japanese who were educated knew English and for sure Dutch because all the medical terms and stuff like that came from there. And when Japan was finally united in um, early 17th century the Japanese uh, shogun warlords uh, kicked out the foreigners except entry to Nagasaki and Dutch were allowed to go to Japan and Nagasaki was the only the only area the foreigners were allowed to enter Japan after Japan was united mm -hmm. and um, they have a little Dutch uh, uh, um, like a camp where many Japanese will wear this funny Wooden shoes and the Is that Dutch why a lot of Japanese people see World Cups and stuff support Holland, Netherlands? I don't know. I, I, I I've do, seen a lot of Asians do it, but I, I can't they, tell. They have they, a definitely uh, positive feeling about Dutch. They're us, usually a very popular foreign team, actually, uh, mm -hmm. the Netherlands. A lot of people from other countries actually like them. And but I, Japanese people are funny. And every World Cup, they can see like Swedish, uh, Swedish supporters, but they're from Japan, never been to Sweden, stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's really strange. And, and, and funny people, funny, 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 funny people. I I definitely like funny, funny, funny. Or I heard you first time, second time, third time. I I definitely like Dutch. Really funny. I I definitely like Dutch because they're pragmatists. But 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 the Dutch, the Netherlands is one of the few countries that actually play baseball really well. Oh, they do, all right. They have a national Dutch baseball team, and they're really really good. And I I've been I've been to Netherlands, had a wonderful time. People are great. I never felt any sort of racism. I think whenever I hear any sort of like attention in Netherlands, it's usually the Dutch like annoyance with Germans. But there's definitely a tension between the white Dutch and uh, Muslims there. There you definitely feel it. I definitely yeah, feel, you it. feel it everywhere in Europe now. But Netherlands especially, man, it's uh, you feel you know, it everywhere. You, if you go to Denmark, you'll feel it 
so palpable that you can cut mm. it with your own hand. Do you do you have? There's. It seems like there's more of in in Denmark, but oh fuck! I don't set my foot in long after two two last trips I had in Denmark. Last was actually all right. I was with Jason Rouse and a couple of guys. It was fucking had a pretty good time. So you would say there's less of it in Sweden. In Denmark, you get screamed on the street. Mm-hmm. You fucking blacky, fucking darky. Happened to me two times in short, two short trips. I live in Sweden, never happened. Mm-hmm. I'm there two days, mm-hmm. one time, two days, another time. Happens both times. But we were yelling at you. <laughs> no, but it, no, it, no. We, I, it, was some, the it was crazy. It was the most open shit I've ever experienced. We were four. We were four, four comics just performed in Malmö. Went over to Copenhagen. I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, we couldn't get to stay. He said it's the check-ins closed for you guys, for you specifically. With people, it was open to get a room. Yeah, not for us. I, I definitely want to talk to more about it when I go to uh, Denmark, and uh, of course there was infamous and having the government's anti mm. anti foreign policies. I mean, they have like people that are racist in the government. Like, so, uh, we want them out, kick them out, kind of campaign. Out of um, you know, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Denmark, number and one, of course, Iceland, and uh, some people even put Finland in there. It's Scandinavia, yeah, but I mean, it's different races. I mean, Finland, there is no foreigner. So when it looks to getting most people into society, yeah, Finnish people by far but is it, number one. But, but it seems like Finland. Sweden has the most immigrants, uh, kind of in the world, when it comes to. Letting people in. I I, I think all, out of all of them, I, I only one I haven't been in is Iceland. I I just feel like there's no immigrants. Sweet Sweden is fantastic. I've never had a problem. People are very kind. I like to hear what the uh, people in this. It's country becoming represent. a problem because it's it's getting so many, and we're in a regression economically with the whole world. And then you tend to blame somebody, and why not blame the foreigners because last in. Right, but when they see me, you know, and they, and when they hear me speak English, they, yeah, yeah. they, they kind of know like I'm not staying here. I'm just visiting. Yeah, so. Swedish people love Americans and British people coming here. They fucking treat them like, oh, that's so cool. They think it's funny. They know you're not staying here. Mm-hmm. You're just here to visit. You speak English. We want to practice our English. It's yeah. all. Every, take every box. If they sleep with you, never gonna see you again. Yeah. Take every box. So. You know, let's uh, we'll do another one when I come back next week. But um, you know, you think about subject matter, then I'll let you run run the show. Yeah, I'll be actually gone all around Sweden next week. So so, so think about it. Then then I'll, I'll let you and Aaron like we should do back and forth. Like maybe you could ask me a question about Japan or something. I'll yeah, yeah, I would like that. And uh, I'll, maybe I ask. We'll talk to uh, Aaron, being a Jewish person growing up in uh, Sweden, things like that. But he's a Jew. All right. Well, just uh, let everybody know that your restaurant information, La Cucaracha. Oh, here we go again. Go ahead. Let them know. I hate this. Why? It feels weird. It's not weird. It feels weird. It's I'm okay. I don't care if it's weird. Just say it. La Cucaracha, number two. Do you ask porn stars on the, uh, who sits he sits on the on your podcast? Say like, oh, can you tell them how big your dick is? It's like, yes, it's in. Uh, do porn stars do that? I ask them questions like that all the time. I compliment their penis. Or what their pussies look like. I would rather like. be complimented for my dick than my restaurant at this moment. I think. No, but we're trying to promote the right. So, but I would rather prom- <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. It's like Kakaracha at uh, Bundegatan. Number two Bundegatan, and uh, it's in Stockholm, and it's in uh, Södermalm. Södermalm, yeah. Which is the I love this area because I'm a fan of a uh, girl with a dragon tattoo, and mo- the the main character Elizabeth Solander lived in <laughs> Södermalm. And uh, you know, I I really like it over here. People, it's so clean. Yeah, I like this area of town actually. It's it's fantastic, and um, I'm I'm very lucky to get to stay here because 
this is very equivalent to living in like a Greenwich or Soho or those fancy places in New York yeah, City. Yeah, this is called Sofo. What? This area is called Sofo. <laughs> For real? Yeah, it's a really, it's a jokey kind of way. It's because it's a street here called Folkungagatan. Mm-hmm. And this is south of Folkungagatan. It's just, you know, main road. Yeah. Uh, the other main road. South, which is S.O. Yeah. Yeah. So south for SO and FO for Folkungatan. So oh, so it is SOFO. Yeah, we call it SOFO. Oh, shit. <laughs> but it's, a, it's more of a joke because you call it SOHO and stuff like that. That's why it's called SOFO. Do you know what Tribeca stands for? No. Triangle below, uh, what? Canal Street. Oh. Tribeca, yeah. It's well, I thought, no I, host, like. I thought, know, it no, t- I thought it was a thing to, to like blow David Beckham. You try, you try some Becca. All right, uh, everyone. I'm I'm sorry that uh, this has been kind of dragging, but uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I'm going to do more reading up on Sweden, and I'll have question for Adele and Aaron. Yeah, that's fine. And, and uh, we'll we'll take turn. But uh, thank you, Sweden. I I love this country. I love ABBA. We're going to go to ABBA museum. Yeah, I like ABBA too, man. We 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 got to go to ABBA museum, and highly highly recommend people visit there because I've seen clips of it, and uh, and uh, I I know. Adil might not believe it, but I, I really got the feeling that the reunion might happen next year. I really oh, do. Okay. So thanks, Sweden. Thanks, Ava. And uh, thanks a lot. Talk to Raja. Bye.